Winning Cures Everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Welcome in, Winning Cures Everything, number 257. Good gracious, that's a big number. All right, uh, we got a lot to discuss today. We've got the NFL recap from week 14, and then we do our top five, bottom five. We've got our NFL previews and gambling picks for week 15. We are going to talk uh, college football bowl gambling picks for December the 15th through the 19th. And we're going to talk about the eight-team playoff and, and how likely is that to come about in the next couple of years, etc. As always, the show is brought to you by Tunica, Mississippi, the South's premier sports gambling destination. You can find more information on all six of their sports books over at tunicatravel.com. You can find more information about us over at winningcureseverything.com. we got picks, we got previews, we got our YouTube stuff, all of our social media, everything else. Uh, if you are on YouTube, hit that subscribe button, youtube.com slash winningcureseverything. If you are on a podcast app, whether it is Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podcast Addict, whatever your favorite podcast app is, look up Winning Cures Everything, hit that subscribe button. Uh, I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. You can follow us on social media, uh, on Facebook, facebook.com slash Everything. You can follow us on Twitter, at Winning Cures. You can follow me, at GaryWCE. You can follow me, at Chris B. Giannini. And now, let's jump into this thing. This is the NFL Recap. Week fourteen, <laughs> man, it's, it's gone. It's brought gone to you by, by Tunica, Mississippi. Brought to you by Tunica, Mississippi. Yes, yes. go ahead. It has gone by quickly. Tunica, Mississippi, South's premier sports gambling destination. Uh, they got six incredible sports books down there. You can find more information on all of them over at tunicatravel.com. You can find more information about us, all of our social media, our picks, previews, all of our YouTube stuff over at winningcureseverything.com. If you are on YouTube. Hit subscribe, leave some comments, tell us what we got right, what we got wrong, whether you think we're idiots or not. We appreciate all of it. Easy on the idiot stuff. <laughs> we have feelings. We do have feelings, but uh, but you ain't going to hurt mine because I know about 90% of y'all are just as dumb as we are. That's what happens. That doesn't make me feel better about myself. <laughs> all right, give me this recap, man. Let's roll into it. All right. I, I tried so hard to think about where I wanted to start. And and the only thing after watching Sunday, which was probably the best day of football that we've had all year. It's a, a bunch of the games upsets, underdogs. Were, we're not just upsets, just every game came down to the wire. Then the evening games, same thing. Then Sunday night football culminated in what I believe to be one of the greatest regular season NFL games I've ever watched, even though it only had one offensive touchdown. Just unbelievable football. The only thing I could come up with is week 14 was the single period, dumbest period week I have ever watched in my life. <laughs> Just the dumbest crap happened. Over And it made for exciting finishes. It most certainly did. We will start... With my Patriots. Okay. And the miracle in Miami. What the hell happened? Well, one, you got Gronk back there. Uh, I don't understand why the Patriots thought that <laughs> Tannehill would be able to throw it that far. It, it, yeah. Coming I mean, off of a, a mis- shoulder injury. Miscalculation. Bill talks about that. I mean, he, he owned it. It's on him. And, uh, and he, he but thought the other side he of it, it far. The, the other side of it is... Uh, I mean, this is like just basic fundamentals, you know? And, and yeah, sometimes crazy things happen, but it was just like bad angles, 
They didn't play their gaps. They were looking at the ball too much. Like If Gronk doesn't fall, like he pushes him out of bounds pretty easily. That literally, it's Gronk. It's not even Gronk being out there. Gronk just fell down. Yeah, no, he absolutely. I mean, that's, did. that's just it. If Gronk doesn't fall, he's he's big enough and strong enough to to push Drake out of bounds. Oh, he's well, of course he's big enough, and he's he's Here's, probably fast enough, depending on the angle. He didn't even need an angle. His long his arms are long enough. He could have reached him and pushed him out of bounds. I watched that play a thousand. Here's my problem: being being the bully that the Patriots have been forever, when people beat them, it usually is in dramatic fashion, which means those plays last forever. And, and I will watch them. You feel the same way about the kick six, right? Like, Oh, yeah. Like, listen. The, kick six the, was the, in a little the, bit bigger situation. The David, Ty- the, the, the David one, Tyree catch. Okay, yeah, that's, that's about Philly, Philly, in this play. Yeah. Can, over can all over. go find a dark, dark place in the recesses of your buttholes. I'm done with them. I don't <laughs> want to see them anymore because that's just it. Like, when when the Patriots lose, it's it's in dramatic fashion usually. Yeah. And and it lives forever, and now you're stuck watching it. Now, I know the the comeback that I have people give me is, is well, we've been stuck watching you guys win for you know, two decades. Like, well, and like, it, it generally takes it. a miracle like this or one of those special plays to be able to beat the Patriots. I think it's actually fun. Like, I wasn't even mad when when I saw it. I was I was in shock, but I wasn't mad. I wasn't upset. I'm like, you know what? It shouldn't have came down to that. They missed two extra points, a field goal, and then like Tom takes a sack going into halftime to, to take another he, field goal. Yeah, off he the thought board. he had another time like, like this. Or this could have been. Like an eight point win before we even got to this point. I mean, it could have been double digit win. That's it. And so I'll tell you this. So Mark Schleyball, I I brought this up to you on Sunday. I said, "You you betting your Patriots today?" And you were like, "Yeah, I'd probably take them today." I said, "It's moved to like minus nine. You said, "Yeah, "Yeah, no, like Dolphins. I don't think we're you know whatever." Um, but the Patriots have always had trouble going down to Miami. Now Mark Schleyball was on with Clay Travis earlier this week, and he said, "Look." When you are a cold weather team and it starts to get cold, uh, going to Miami is terrible. He said, "Like you have put on kind of that extra layer." That, that, that's that's just not true. The reason the record that's, is I what mean, it he's is, a player. Like I, I get said, it. I get it. But he's 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 wrong on that. I don't think that's the reason that the I, Patriots. I have like followed. I have followed this team forever. It does have to do with playing in Miami. They are seven and ten at Miami over the last seventeen games. So that's that's Bill Belichick's not whole record but it's a long time yeah um he here's what it is if you go back and look about 80 percent of the time the Patriots play in Miami it's always one of the first two or three weeks of the season it's not when it's cold and we go down there and it's warm and they've got that extra that's all bullshit that didn't really happen it's it's they just got beat Sunday and it doesn't matter where it is because the weather's pretty mild like it's yeah. warm for the country, but it's still pretty mild. Anybody can play in mild weather. It's when it's 120 degrees on the field with 100% humidity in August or September, not August, but September when they play down there. Yeah. That's where the Patriots have zero chance of winning ever, ever. And so that's where they've racked up most of those W's at home. It's not It's not all the years um, – where they've gone down. Rarely do they play there in December, but playing in December, Miami is not that big of a deal. They got beat. They got out coached at the end of the game, not the entire game. They got out coached at the end of the game. One thing that does bother me, though, 
if you if you pull something out of your hat and you win a game like that, congratulations. It was super exciting to watch. I got no problem with it. Doesn't upset me at all. Uh, it's it's good for the game. I do think it's fun. Here's my problem. Don't go get in front of a camera and say, "Oh, we drew it up, and we 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 believe that we could win this game." And, no, that's all. That's all bull. Like, I just want real responses. Be genuinely excited. But the reason you're so excited is because you didn't think that was going to happen, and that's freaking awesome. Yeah. Like, like be pumped about it, but don't act like we planned it and we practiced it and, well, we know if we've got a last-second play, you know, we saw Gronk out there, so we knew we're not going to throw this. We're going to hook and lateral it. Like, like you, you, you didn't go to the sideline and do that. You threw it to playmakers, and they did what they had to do, and it worked. Yeah. That's awesome. But you got, no you got lucky that, that guys took bad angles and, and everything else. You got lucky. So, yeah, I mean, that's what it was. It was a, it was a luck play. We, we spent a long time on that game. I don't really know what games, and we're not going to go through all the games like we usually do. Um, if you listen to the podcast, they're, they're really long already anyway. We've got a ton of college stuff we're going to get to. There's a few games I want to touch on. The Baltimore-Kansas City game incredible game i i don't know what to do to talk about how great patrick mahomes has been this baltimore team is real they're good they have figured out their new identity um you got to give john harbaugh a lot of credit for that like i know that i'm talking about the losing team here but john harbaugh remade this team in a completely different image with a quarterback that that is running a totally different offensive style yeah. Like, literally, he, he took Flacco. Lamar and Flacco could not be more different in how they have to run their offense. Yeah. And and you got other coaches. I'm going to transition this. This is going to kind of be a flowing conversation. Jay Gruden saying we have to bring in certain quarterbacks that only know our system. Well, John says, hell, I ain't got a system. I, I got a quarterback that I think is pretty good, and he's our starter. It's totally different. Yeah, we're going to work to what his we, talents are. We got a week to prepare. In this week, we're well, going to put I'll, in a whole give, different game plan. So, in the second half of the Washington Giants game, um, I will give Jay Gruden some credit because uh, the the Josh Johnson kid that came in, he did kind of just let him go and do his thing. You're down by 40. Uh, yeah, I mean, you once you're down by let 40. A, let like, a rip, Tater Chip. We got nothing else to lose. But I do wonder if, if that's something that like he'll just – He'll let him do from here on because, like the the Redskins have no chance of doing anything at this point. No, like Sanchez is obviously not the answer, and they, I, they, they should be tanking right now. Like they they, they, they like their yeah, goal how much should can you tank be, when you're already a six win team. Well, that's right. You know, so like at that point, oh, like, I don't know about that. I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of three win te- three loss team three win teams out there. I mean, I think I think there's Oakland and the 49ers and the Cardinals but, that but all have those, three wins. But they could all finish with another win, if not two more wins. Yeah, but I mean, at that point, like you still need them to. That's you know, I mean, so you're not getting the number one pick, but you're in the you're in the five. I mean, you could, you could be, be in the you top. You get five. a top ten pick. Oh, top ten guaranteed. But so, you, but you got to stop winning. But you, I mean, you got the Jags and we're like, we're about the Falcons to get. And the Jets on, I know and I know we're not previewing right now. We're about to get Josh Johnson, Josh Jackson, and and Cody Kessler for an NFL football game. I don't know that there's yeah, a no, you t- yeah, Josh Johnson and I don't know that there's an AF team, that AAF team, that Cody Kessler could start for. I mean, I don't know that he's a pro quarterback, and I'm not just talking about in the NFL. Like, I don't think no, that guy right. could play. 
quarterback at any level in the professional world. But what's more egregious? Like, tell me, what is what is more egregious for the Jags? Is it the fact that they didn't work to upgrade the quarterback position with Blake Bortles, or that they didn't work to upgrade the backup slot? Oh, the backup slot, the backup slot. Because if you want to go into the season thinking Blake was two two drives away, maybe from from winning the AFC Championship game and taking you to a Super Bowl, then then I'm okay with that. You got you got to bring somebody in to give him some competition and or at least be competent if he loses the job the, or if you get hurt like you it, can't it, you, the dude runs you cannot start cody kessel this week you really need to put blake out there yeah i, I mean you 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 really do anyway we're getting into previews we're, we're getting away from it we'll get back to the chiefs all right so pa- back to week 14 recap pa- patrick mahomes is still doing things we're in week 14 and every week we say Holy shit, this guy's doing something I've never seen before. He's clutch. I mean, it's it's pretty incredible what he's doing and it's entertaining. I mean, it really is it really is Brett Favre. Does it blow your mind that he could like even if they lose by like a field goal to the Chargers, he could lose the MVP, lose home field advantage in the playoffs. Like everything could hinge on one game. On one game. That's right. And you know what? The guy that he's got to play next week, man, we're getting into next week's games again. Rivers could take the MVP and home field advantage in one swoop. Yep. I mean yep. that's that's pretty incredible. That Better team is ready good. to play. All right, we're we're gonna move on to a couple other games. Um, the the Indianapolis Texans game, that was a stupid game. That like that was just a crazy <laughs> yeah, was... weird stupid game. I mean, I don't know. What I'm, I don't know what I'm watching sometimes. I know this. Andrew Luck, pretty good at football again. Uh, Yeah. There were, there was times where we legitimately had conversations about will he ever not just be the same, but be good at all. Uh, and yes. And he's not just good. Uh, he's real good. I mean, if we he's, don't have he's Patrick about as good Mahomes as doing what he's doing, he's in the conversation with some of those guys as, hey, I don't have the talent you've got. In San in San Diego in L A or, or or New Orleans, but I'm I'm here, guys. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I think he's good. I think this game, the Philadelphia Dallas. Game. I mean, they've, the Colts have an actual okay. shot at the playoffs. Oh yeah, they like can win the division. Like an actual legit uh, shot. I don't know if they can win the division. Well, they they could. I mean, the Texans would have to lose, lose out. out. I was about to say, would the Texans have to lose out, or could they win one of those? I think they had to lose out. So the Colts are what seven and six. Yeah, I think. And the, I think they went over five hundred last week. And the Texans are nine and four. Nine and four, seven and six. So I mean, they'd really just have to get them to lose one, and then you'd have to worry about the tiebreaker. And I don't know what the tiebreaker is with them. I think they've split, and they I don't have know split. The tie, I don't know what the tiebreaker is because the Colts are the ones that gave them their first win. That's right. I remember that. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Yeah. They were zero and four. Like it, and they would have been. Well, no, they were zero and three. Zero and three. If they but go they zero would and four, have been, Bill O'Brien is fired. Well, no, they they would have been zero three and one because they would have tied. You think they would have tied? Yes, absolutely. They would. Oh, have the Colts had time on the field. I mean, they might have won. Yeah, anyway. the, the the odds were that it was going to be a tie. That's right. So Bill O'Brien still gets fired. Yeah, I think so. I think he gets fired early. All right, the other d- dumbest game of the day. All right. and, and and I think outside of the chaos that happened in Miami, which is super exciting, the Cowboys game is the dumbest game of the day. That was – if it, nobody could have foreseen Amari Cooper. 
Now, what's funny is Amari Cooper was at Alabama playing against Dak Prescott and, like, was making ridiculous catches and whatnot for Alabama back then. So, so Dak knew that, look, if I just throw the ball up there, like, he can go that, get it. That has nothing to do with but, any of this. That's but, harking back to their college days when he was four years out of college. Is well, and that's, I know, I know, but that's that's the connection that they have, right? There's um, no connection. Well, that, Playing I, the same conference I'm just four trying years ago. To, it, either way, nobody could have foreseen this. This makes no sense that he is able to do this. And I've heard people try and explain it away as like, well, you know, Oakland had stopped uh, focusing on him. They weren't running routes for him. But they the weren't Cowboys running are, routes for him. When you call a passing play, yeah, unless it's a quick screen, you call a route for everybody in the route. That's what and I And the thought. guy that gets open gets the ball nine times out of ten. I just I could not understand. He wasn't getting open, and he led the NFL in drops two seasons in a row. That has nothing to do with the route you're running. That is you can't get open. So yeah. so what that tells me is he wasn't trying. That's kind of what it is. And you can like. say, oh, but those Raiders teams are bad. Well, you know, you think of the Raiders today. Some of those Raider teams – were playoff teams. We thought they could win the Super Bowl until what's his name, Derek Carr, breaks his leg. Like, like he was a legit MVP candidate. So don't let's not just think that a Cooper played on bad teams. They were they were Super Bowl favorites at one point in time. We well, were thinking it's going it to be them in, in in the Patriots. It was his rookie year that that Carr broke his leg. That was his that was his rookie season. So, I mean, since then. You know, yeah. The year after that, he got the cases of uh, or case of the drop season, whatnot, and then last year, just I would I, like to say that some of these catches, he is he is just the luckiest sob on the planet, where it just bounces up. Like and the he, the the last catch in overtime, yeah, which, that just, which a I think the Cowboys win that game anyway because if they were smart, they would have just kneeled it and kicked the field goal, so you don't have to worry about anything. That ball was going to the ground. That was a bad pass by Dak Prescott. Yeah. And the defensive guy, if he does nothing, the ball hits the ground. Yeah. But he tries to make a move on it anyway, which is fine because if you pick six it, then you win the game. And he didn't pick six it. It bounced off his hands. That's why he plays defense. And Cooper's like, oh, I've got the ball. Oh, the defensive guy dove for the ball. He can't stop me. Here, I'm going to put it in the end zone. The, the play that was ridiculous is – what's that guy's name? Dallas – I don't remember his last name. I should know it. I remember all the Philadelphia fans. The tight end that's not the good tight uh, end. Gort or Godert or whatever. Godor? Godot? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, whatever his name is. Anyway. Yeah. His first name is Dallas. Everybody in Philly wanted him to change his name legally because they're dumb. Um, <laughs> and he gets an, an offensive pass interference call on him that takes a touchdown off the board, which – Changes the game. Yeah. And Dallas loses that game in regulation. We never see overtime. And as soon as it happened, I thought, that's not offensive pass interference. Immediately they go to the the Fox goes to like their referee guy, I don't, I don't know who it is, and and says, They're gonna pick this flag up, watch, look at the officials, they're all they're about to wave this off. Like that's not pass interference. It's absolutely not pass interference. They don't wave it off. They call it offensive pass interference. They back them up 15 yards. They take the touchdown off the board. The Eagles don't score. And the Eagles lose that game. At at any point, and this is changing the subject just a, a hair, 
At any point in that game, did you think that Carson Wentz was hurt? No, I think Carson Wentz is not great. I don't think he's nearly as good as people thought he was last year. And I think there are times where he just looks he looks bad and makes himself look hurt. Well, I'm, I'm just I'm wondering because, like, they are. I could be wrong. The on news that. He could that, be hurt. the news that came out. We're recording this on Wednesday, by the way. Uh, the news that came out today was that he may not play for the rest of the season because of a back injury, which is why the Rams line jumped. Remember, it opened at like eight. Yeah, and it jumped, to and 11. now it's like eleven and a half. Yeah. Here's here's my thought on that. That might be true. That might be right. I, I'm really, really tired of some of these guys having bad games, and it's always as soon as the game is over. Oh, I was hurt. Oh, I shouldn't have been playing out there anyway. Oh, I was trying to dog it out. Yeah. You I'm know what? You. If you're good enough to play, if you're healthy enough to play, then play. And if you're not, then then sit out. If but you're don't use play, it as a crutch. You don't. You don't get to use it as a hurt. Big Ben is is the greatest of it. Now he is the toughest quarterback I have watched in a long time. But that guy is the biggest diva on the planet. We'll get to them. We'll just transition them. What the hell is going on in Pittsburgh? He lost to the Raiders, man. All right, so defend so, your boys. Well, there's no defense in losing to the Raiders, right? Mike they, Tomlin. There's, there's just nothing you can do. I think Tomlin's job is on the line over the next three weeks. Uh, you got the Patriots. Their, their, their schedule um, is not easy. They yeah, could who, they who, could lose out. Who all do they have left? They got the Patriots. They've got. Uh, they've already played the Ravens twice. Yep. They've got uh, oh, the they Patriots. Got, they at the Saints. Yep, hang on. Patriots at home at the Saints. Is it and at, then, at New Orleans? I know they have New Orleans. Yeah, it is at, at New Orleans. Yeah. They're, and then... Uh, da, 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 bad radio. How'd I pass them? I have no idea. <laughs> Maybe they're not. I mean, I know their logo pretty well. Oh, and then they've got home at Cincinnati. They'll win that one. Okay, yeah. So I mean, home, They, home they, le- they legitimately could go... It'd be eight, seven, and one at one, that point, and you may not make the playoffs at that point. You might not win that division if Baltimore wins out. Well, that's that's what I'm saying. You may not make. Oh the playoffs, no, they're not period. making a wild card spot. No, they're not so making like, a wild card spot at eight, seven, and one. So, like, hang on. All right, so I know everyone's going to say, "Oh, well, you know, the kicker slipped and fell, but if he doesn't fall, they win the game." All it should never crap. come hang down on. to a kicker Big, b- kicking touch, to tie the game the against the Raiders. Down, the touchdown to take the lead. Before the the Raiders took the lead back and won the game, Ben threw the exact same pass he threw the week beforehand that got picked off and taken to the house, and it almost got picked off again. If anybody else is playing that team other than the Raiders, if thirty one other defenses are playing that, they all pick it off and take it to the house. You play the one team that's bad enough at corner that can't pick six. That yeah, Ben is still I, I he is lucky enough to be born in an area where he played in Pittsburgh. That's it. That's all he is. Other than that, he's Jameis Winston. He is the same person. He will not ever learn from his mistakes. If it, he's, he's got so much talent around him, he's looked at like he is great. But if you have to put the ball in his hands and nobody else's, he is going to make mistakes. If he has regular dudes catching for him and not – Juju Smith-Schuster, the fastest man on the planet, and Antonio Brown, the best receiver in the NFL, and a great offensive line. Historically, he's had great running backs. He's had great defenses to pick him up in the past. But I don't know what else you got to do to say, I'm just a dude. But he is just a guy. He puts up big numbers because the people around him are freaks. They're absolute freaks. He's got two Super Bowls because the people around him are freaks. 
But the difference yeah. between him and Jameis Winston is nothing. He's still going to throw the pick six at the end of the game to cost his team the game more times than he's not when he has to win the game. Now, they so, can blow people out. They're really good at blowing people out. Here's, uh, here's your stat line that, uh, that, that should, I guess, give you pause, right? Uh, Stephen Ridley, who was filling in for, for James Conner. Yep. Five rushes for four yards and a touchdown. Uh, you had Jalen Samuels from North Carolina State. Um, he's a rookie. He had 11 carries for 28 yards. And then you had Josh Dobbs, who came in and ran the ball uh, two times for 15 yards, and he threw four out of nine for 24 yards and one interception. Um, and that, in turn, basically cost him the game. Well, I get it. And if you look at Ben's stat line that game, he looks like an MVP. He's got like he's like 25 of 28. He only had like three turnover, like uh, three missed passes or whatever incompletions. Incompletions. And uh, and and he, you know, he's got the touchdowns, and and it looks amazing. If you watch him play, when when it comes time to win the game or lose the game, that guy, if they're not blowing somebody out, yeah, I I, I said it week one when they were playing the Browns. If this game is close, keep putting it in Ben's hand. Please don't run oh, it. Yeah. Please don't throw little bubble screens, short passes, and let the receivers get out. Throw the ball down the field, put it in Ben's hand, and make him make a throw because we will pick that crap off every time. Yeah, I trust I trust him to turn it over more than I trust a defense to stop an athlete. Yeah, I, I absolutely trust it, and he's and he's proven me right over and over again. I have no clue what's going on there, um, and I don't think they're going to get rid of Tomlin. Like I don't think they're going to make a move because that's not what the Steelers do. That's not typically what they do, but but from the reports that I have heard, ownership is not ha- – I mean, it's it's run its course. Let me, it's been a long time. N- let me tell you the difference of what I believe. I believe that the Rooney family, Mr. Rooney, God rest his soul, RIP, not there. Okay? I don't think the first year without their dad – they would do something so against what they have done as a family forever. You might be right. I mean, I, it, it depends I think, on like, I, okay, I'll tell I you I think this. that conversation is going to come up is, would dad have done it? Because this is the first year of them doing running the team without him. I think he would alive. have to completely lose the team, and I'm talking just get waxed in the next three games. Not just two of oh, them. Oh, no. If, if he loses Cincinnati, you're right. If he goes 7-9-1 and one no. and like loses five straight to end the season. You you lose to this Cincinnati team that just can't can't even field a roster right now. Yeah. that that You're you're absolutely right. That's fireable. I can't imagine that happening. I mean, I guess I couldn't imagine that them losing to this Oakland team either. Oakland's actually fighting. They're trying hard. They just don't have talent. They don't yeah. have anybody there to win or to play. I don't know that the Bengals are trying anymore. I think they're beat up. They're done. Uh, I I want to close this. I, I want to close this. Tried against uh, the Chargers last week. I mean, they only oh, lost. Oh no, six, they, no, they, they fought like hell. They fought like hell. Maybe that same thing. I just don't know if they have the dudes. I don't. Yeah, not right now. I mean, you got Jeff Driscoll playing quarterback. So well, like, AJ Green's out for the season. That yeah. guy's an absolute monster. Uh, we're we're gonna close out the recap with, in my opinion. It, it, in my opinion, is different than most opinion. You might see it differently. A fifteen to six ball game that I absolutely smiled from the time it started. 
until the time it ended, and I didn't stop. Our, our group text between I, me and you and uh, the guys from the Westlight Pirates was, uh, you were euphoric. I, no, the entire I, game. I haven't One, you were you were behind. You didn't realize that the game had oh, been I know, paused. I know. And I'm like, so, so I'm you're coming, talking about plays that are 30 minutes late. To I'm coming us. on all these amazing things, and you guys <laughs> thinking I'm probably drunk. It, I and, I, and I was text. I'm like. Did that just happen again? Is he ahead of me? Like what is? No, no, and then I, no. you'd be like, "Oh, oh sorry, sorry. I, just, I realized <laughs> I got caught up at halftime. I'm good." Yeah, yeah, I had, to, <laughs> yeah I, had to, I had to stop it for a little bit there. I was about 45 <laughs> minutes behind real time yeah. for a while. Um, defensive play after defensive play. I don't think it was offenses that are bad. I mean, I think we finally got a good defensive game in the in the NFL that was entertaining. Yeah, Khalil Mack is an amazing guy, and. The only offensive touchdown scored in the entire game, the only touchdown scored in the entire game was a fat guy touchdown. It was a pass like, to an offensive lineman. It's just it, it it everything I could possibly want it was in a in a football game. And when it's over, the second it's over, I would still, if I was a billionaire, give all my billion dollars to have Sean McVay as my coach. Yeah. I agree. I, I don't care that he lost. I I am I'm almost schoolgirl crushes giddy over watching him in the in the Rams, which sucks because I'm not really a Rams fan. Like, there's nothing in me that wants to pull for an LA team. Like, I like the Chargers, but I was a San Diego guy when oh, they yeah. were there. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I was a Rivers guy long ago. Like that. That's a little different. There's nothing in me that wants to be a Rams fan, and it's just like I can't root against this dude. No, I, he's, I he's think fun. he is. Brilliant. So much smarter than everybody else in football, maybe in the world. Like like <laughs> that kind of genius shouldn't be coaching a sport. Yeah. No, I can like, I, okay. like we give we give Belichick credit for being a genius. And we give Pop in, in the NBA credit for being a genius. We give Saban credit for being a genius. Look, if sports didn't exist, these guys would struggle to be like PE teachers. Like I don't know that they're Some brilliant. Of them. I, I don't know that McVay these guys would be. Oh no, like, that's all right, I'm about to. McVay, I think that Saban, guy, Belichick. No, like, no, 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 no. I disagree with that. Saban and Belichick are and Pop are too big of assholes. They would not survive in the corporate world. They absolutely would not survive in the corporate world. They don't know how to talk to people. They don't know how to treat people beneath them. And and they they they're good at sport. They're good at the sport that they run. They're absolute geniuses. I think if they had to run, you think their a company, organizational skills nope. and whatnot uh, would not. T- I mean, you you really think that there are CEOs nope. out there that that or there are not CEOs out there that that don't know how to treat their oh, they're absolutely are, employees, but, they're, and but they're really bad at what they do, and they get fired in a couple of years. Not always. Yeah, yeah, it happens a lot. Or they go from one CEO job to another CEO job. You know why they have to keep changing CEO jobs? Because they piss off the board. Because they can't get yeah. along with folks. Okay. They're Jim Harbaugh. They're great at what they do. They make the company a gazillion dollars. But you got to go. Why? Because you just we just can't keep yeah, doing this. Because you're a jerk and we don't like you. I mean, Apple got rid of Steve Jobs in the heyday of his prime. Why? Because he was an asshole. He was too big. To, he, I I think those guys are. And and let's be careful. I think all those guys are really they're geniuses at their sport. I don't think they're geniuses. I think Sean McVay has shown with his memory and his intellect, his ability, the way his brain works. I okay. think he is a he. I absolutely think he's really a he's a genius. Okay, like okay. there's a difference between being a football genius and being a genius. If you can remember plays, 
and the way they broke down and the way they happened three years ago from a team that you haven't coached in two years, then 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 I assure you that if you ran a company, you would be able to tell me the financials of that company two or three years ago and, and how they went through the ups and downs and the peaks and valleys and what they learned and what they didn't okay. to make you strong. I don't know that Saban – I know for a fact Saban, Belichick, Pop, the, the guys that I think are geniuses at, at the sport that they do, I know for a fact those guys couldn't do that. Okay. Not okay. saying that they would be bums – but but I absolutely do not think they would be anywhere close to what they are. Everybody else assumes that they would be fantastic CEOs, and I, was, I just disagree with that. I totally disagree with that. Okay, I can I can understand. I that. think Sean McVay. I if I had billions of dollars and I owned an NFL team, I would literally spend my day, and I don't care who my head coach was. I would wake up every day. And I'd call Sean McVay, and, and I'd say, much. I'd say, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> what do you? And I'd just make him an offer every day. And he said, "No, I'm good." Like, all right, and then hang up. I'll call you tomorrow. I'll, I'll, I'll talk, talk to you we'll tomorrow. Try it again, and, and I'll just keep making offers. And one day he'll say, "Yeah." <laughs> I would just, I would. I, that's what I would do. That's how I would entertain myself every day at like two o five. I'd just call Sean, and we'd okay. talk for about four minutes. I'd ask him what he's doing, maybe what he's wearing, and and <laughs> what you wearing, Sean? And and uh, how's uh, how's your girlfriend? How, how things? How's life? And uh, you ever seen his girlfriend or wife yeah, or whatever fine. she is now? Okay, I don't care. Ooh, I'm not worried man. about that. I, none, of, none of that's relevant to me. That I doesn't just, have to be relevant. I'll, I would want to know. Bring it up a, a different topic. What does it take to get him to work for me? I'd give him yeah. ownership in a team, and I'm not even talking about small God. ownership. I'd give him. I'd give him a percentage of ownership of the team that was second to me, the head owner, and no other minority owner would have as much power as him. I think he's that kind of brilliant, and I could be dead wrong. I, in four years, we I mean, might be we're, looking we're at me. We're talking a year and a half, and he hadn't even won a know, playoff game. I know yet. that. I know that. No, I know like, that. <laughs> I know that. Let, let's see. And, and he's coming off. And he's year. coming off a loss. Oh yeah, I know. That's it. Makes it even more crazy. So, and then and then the final thing. I know that I said that's the last thing we we're going to get to. One laugh after I've oohed and odd and gooed over Sean McVay. I want to talk about the Monday Night Football game, but I actually don't care about the game. Seattle won. They, it, it was such a close game in the fourth quarter. It just kind of turned into a route and all fell apart. Well, it was two touchdowns in Monday, like six seconds. I mean, it was, you know. Monday, everybody – I guess that was Monday. Tuesday, yesterday, everybody's crushing Cousins. All these stats are coming out about how bad he is against good teams, how bad he is against playoff teams. All, all his just crapping on Kirk Cousins and he is the problem of all these things. And then today, I hear this stat. Out of the six highest, because because they talk about not just how bad he is, but almost how much money he makes, because that's comparable. Like no one cares that Drif- Driscoll is terrible because that guy's probably making Driscoll like makes like a three hundred three hundred grand a year. Like I don't know maybe what he makes. no maybe. I know he makes a couple million. But anyway, whatever. It's beans to Kirk. Okay. Yeah. All right. Cousins. Out of the top six highest paid quarterbacks in the NFL. We're all crushing him. We're all crapping on him. He is the only one out of the top six that even have a chance to make the playoffs. So while we crush him, we should also remember he's a way better quarterback right now than Matt Stafford, Derek Carr, Jimmy G, who's hurt, Matt Ryan, and A.A. Ron, Aaron Rodgers. You uh you saw that the Vikings 
fired their offense coordinator, right? Yes. John DeFilippo, who they just brought in this offseason. Yes. Uh, so everybody that wanted to talk about the Vikings, uh, who who was running their offense last year? Pat uh, Shermer. Pat he's, Shermer. With the, he's with the Giants now. Yeah. It, so I don't know that it was necessarily Case Keenum, and I don't know that it's necessarily Kirk Cousins' fault that things That's aren't right. working. I think, Shermer I think Pat was Shermer a was a great offense. offensive coordinator. Correct. And so, I think replacing Shermer's hard, and they went to the Super Bowl champs, Philadelphia Eagles, and said, hey, we'll take their OC, and maybe we can do Well, the we'll take their thing. quarterback coach. Quarterback coach, yeah. That's yeah. It. And, and I, don't, I don't know that that helps. Um, Filippo, here's a – so I heard – who was it? It was one of the ringer guys. It was either Lombardi or, or um, Kevin Clark. I, I like listening to those guys. I think they're really smart. Um, one of them – brought this up Filippo is a great play designer but being okay. a play caller and a play designer are totally different you can design plays all day long but if you don't know the right play calls against certain defenses it doesn't it doesn't uh, and, matter and in specific situations. yes yeah. and, and, and it had to be Lombardi because Lombardi gets way more in the weeds of coaching because he understands it a lot more um, as he's worked in front offices and been assistant coaches uh, he, he was talking about Against the defense of Seattle, you have to attack them. These great creative plays that they run, which is why there are games where they can score 38 points a game and they look awesome. But when you play a defense that's so aggressive and so physical with your guys, you can't just run creative plays because they're taking a lot of the creativity away with how physical they are with your receivers. Yeah. You have to attack them with your athletic receivers. You have to let your receivers get down the field, get up. Now, a lot of that, you got to have better offensive line play than they're getting. So yeah. there's a lot of tricks involved in it. But he said, but you can't just have – he said, I don't think Filippo is – DeFilippo is a bad OC, but but he needs to be working for a coach – that is going to call the plays. Yeah. Because he can design offenses very, very well. We have seen him do that at multiple different stops. That guy knows how to design offenses. He's very good at it. He's good at working with quarterbacks. He should not be the one to be the play caller because that's not what he has ever done. Well, really, he was uh, – I mean, what do you what do you call it? He was the third in line in Philly? Yes. Right, so you had Peterson – Peterson and then does had call. Frank Reich. Peterson does call the plays. And then well, and then Reich was the offensive coordinator. That's right. And now he's with the Colts. And then DeFilippo with, was. Yeah. And well, I think a lot of that might be and, why the Eagles are having trouble this year as well. But and he come, know. but he also comes from the Andy Reid tree. Andy yeah. Reid also calls plays. Like like everywhere he's been successful designing plays, he's learned under some of the best play designers in the league, and he can do that. Yeah. But absolutely. He, he absolutely needs to have an OC, or not an OC, uh, a head coach that is the play caller. Yes, or somebody that calls plays besides him. Yes. Yeah, okay. But, but he, I'm with you. you can't be an OC and not be the play caller and it not be the head coach. Like, that that doesn't that doesn't work. I mean, it, like, it, it's all just titles, right? Like That's it's, right. It's all just titles. So if there was a quarterback's coach that was, like, great at calling the plays that he would be the OC designed, and you would be the quarterback coach. It, like you would change titles because those titles also bring with them money. Well, not just money, but responsibility. Yeah. No, yeah, you're you're right. You're right. I I think DeFilippo because Sean McVay is going to lose his OC every year. That's just going to happen. Somebody's going to hire the OC at, at the Rams to try to get because you're next always Sean trying McVay. to be like you're that's going to happen close to the genius. Sh- as possible. Sean McVay needs to hire DeFilippo 
to help him design plays, to be really creative, but McVay's going to always call the plays. And then he doesn't yeah. have to worry about hiring a new OC every year. Yeah. Because, because I think DeFilippo's done trying to – I think I think the book is out that he's really good at play design. He, he's not good at this. Yeah, I think that makes sense. And McVay will he's, never he's not go, be the play call. He'll be He's got to go back to the drawing board. <laughs> so, anyway. All right, that is uh, that is the Week 14 NFL Recap. Uh, go to tunicatravel.com. Go to winningcureseverything.com. Uh, if you're listening on the podcast, we're moving to our top five, bottom five. NFL Week 14, top five, bottom five. It's brought to you by Tunica, Mississippi, South's premier sports gambling destination. Six incredible sports books. You can find more information on all of them over at tunicatravel.com. You can go over to winningcureseverything.com, find out everything about us. If you're on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. If you're on the podcast, hit subscribe, leave us a review. Let's jump in. We're doing uh, the bottom five first. We'll start with number 32. And at this point, I... Okay. How do you... You want to go first? We're trying to figure out how to attack this. Yes. Are we judging what we've seen... Only for the entire 14 weeks are we thinking about how do we think they would play if they played right now? Because, see, that's totally different. Yeah. I'd, the resume tells you that the skins are way better than some of these teams. But if you're talking about who would win this week, next week, and the week after, the skins are DFL. We agree with that, right? Yes. I mean, I had the skins in last week. Yeah, but no, not just in. They would be 32 if yeah. we're only looking at how we think they are going forward, not the resume, because you can't take away all the wins on the resume. No, you're right. That's the that's the hardest part of doing this. I'm going to do it based on the entire body of work of what we've seen to this point, 14 weeks. I do not care what tomorrow brings because we're all day to day and we might not be here tomorrow. Okay. So with that being said, my number 32 team is still the Oakland Raiders. I've got the Cardinals at 32. I have the Raiders at 31. I've got the Cardinals at 31. Okay, so it's I, I, the, the, the win against The win against the Steelers does not do a lot for me. Jacksonville almost beat them three weeks ago, and they lost last week. Like, yeah. this is a team that I don't know that the Steelers are very good. Arizona, two of their wins are against the 49ers, who we also have on here pretty down low. But yeah, 49ers are number 30 for me. Yeah, they're, they're, we, we're, we're the same on that. <laughs> we're the same on that. But I just, I just think I, I'm, I'm not giving too much credit to the Raiders. I think this team is just bad. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. Um, we just covered those three. Number 29. 29 uh, so I'll tell you this. I feel like I was piling on to the Redskins. Okay. So I, I took them out this week. Totally out. Just totally, totally out oh. of my top, or totally out of my bottom five. Okay. Now that doesn't mean that I don't think that they are garbage. Yeah. But I had to make room for a couple of teams. Okay. I'm for it. Twenty nine. I've got the Jaguars. Hey, we're seeing the world very similarly. The Jags are a dumpster fire. I don't know what they're going to do. The resume the is bad, and we think they're bad too. So that yeah. that double kills them. So it equals. That who equals uh, who you got? Twenty nine. That's, that's my only reason for taking the skins out. Is 
I'm not taking away the fact that they won six games and they've got some wins against playoff teams. But they were six and two. Yeah, like they're like they're they're not a bad team until they started falling apart, and and that you can't dismiss. It's hard to believe in them now, but yeah, you can't make that go away. My 29 team was the Jags. My 28 team. I'm curious if we're the same here. I don't know if we will be. I still got the Jets here. I think the Jets are a bad team. I know they just won. They uh, now they to, they beat another bad team. They got to beat another bad team. But I'm gonna keep the Jets and the Bills out of my bottom five. All right, so you don't even have the Bills in. I thought if you didn't have the Jets, it'd be Buffalo because they beat. So them. if it's not Buffalo, if it's not uh, the Jets, if it's not the Skins, who would you think I would have here? I don't know. Let me look at the standings. I, I really don't know. Um, I, I, I don't even look at the standings. I don't. I, just, no, then I don't you, know. You, you will agree with me. this. The Atlanta Falcons. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a good one to put in here. The Atlanta Falcons are Man, no heart. They are no pride. A, a a tire fire. No, they're just bad. They they're are just so really bad. bad. They, think about how many different fires: that dumpster fire, trash fire, they're garbage. They're a tire fire. Your boy they, tried to tell you this before the season started. Oh no, Steve Sarkeesian is really, really bad at his job. I think I think he will lose his job. I can't believe he hasn't already. I think they're going to wait until. But why? The, and now, it, it, tell me this. What has he done to earn the right to finish the season out? So we believe it's okay to fire Mike McCarthy in the middle of the season. He's won a Super Bowl, which I agree with. I justify. Yeah, if I mean, it's, okay, if look, he's I'll done, he's done. Why not just fire him now? And maybe you can salvage a win or two. So there's there's two different ways of looking at this, right? Um, and don't like who cares about salvaging a win or two? Like who who cares? Um, I think I think Dan Quinn does because if he fires him and Dan Quinn wins a, a a game or two at the end of the season, maybe Dan Quinn don't get fired because I think he's pretty damn close to to that. I don't too. think Quinn's getting fired. I, I think Arthur Blank loves him, loves Dan Quinn. So, uh, no, because he like he'll have to make some staff changes. But oh, I think the whole staff changes. I don't know that anybody stays but Quinn. If well, Quinn's gonna keep his job, Quinn's the only person there today. That was there yesterday. This is this is a spot where you could see Dave Aranda pop up, defensive coordinator. I've heard that name floated out there. I don't know that I'd go into the NFL as I was a DC. If I was an OC, I know, we, an we talked about prime, that before, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I'm with you. Um, yeah, I I think if if it is inevitable that you were going to fire him, what is the purpose? Why not? Like just going and get it get it done. Because like it doesn't say it doesn't help say, anybody. Let's say you promote up the quarterback coach. Okay, because that's your natural progression. But offensive line coach, whoever the hell you promote up. Let's say the offense starts looking really good. At least you've done right by that guy, and maybe that's your new OC, and you kind of get off on the cheap. And you or you've at least internal. given him or you've a given chance him to... an opportunity because football is supposed to be a meritocracy. Yeah. We say it all the time. But guys that are bad at their job continually get jobs. That tells me it's not a meritocracy, and that's all bullshit. It's a good old boy network. Hugh Jackson is about to get another head coaching job. In the same division. Like, like, like <laughs> if, if he hasn't given you the resume to say he doesn't belong, then I don't know what's going to – I don't know what does that. No, you're right. So all the footballs and meritocracy excuses that we use for – for why this guy starts and why this guy gets an opportunity and why this guy no it's all it's all bullshit yeah i agree with you i agree with you uh let's jump into you got the jets at 28 right i got the jets at 28 let's jump into our top five uh you want to go top down i mean we can yeah i mean I, all of it's just kind of up in the air right now I've, I've got the saints back at number one i'm gonna bet we've got the same top four maybe we're maybe we don't i actually don't i have the 
I, if you listen to the other podcast where we break it down, I oot and odd over some of that. In the the week fourteen I'm, recap, I'm gonna I'm gonna have the I have the Rams at number one spot. I've watched I got I've the watched Rams the Saints. Too. I've watched the Saints struggle two weeks in a row to score points. They won one of those games, cover the number, still looked fine in the second half, but but they went six straight quarters and did nothing. Yeah, and and that's just. The the Rams are too, and I know the Rams didn't score an offensive touchdown. I was about to say, the, six the points, Rams, but they they played the best defense in the country, in in and that's their only bad offensive game. Well, and the Saints played the Cowboys, which it's hard to argue okay. with numbers right now okay. because they're pretty pretty good defense. But the Saints have two games like that. One of those games is Tampa Bay. Well, it, it so was, how good so is Tampa the Cowboys Bay was for a half? How good is the and Cowboys defense? How good is the Cowboys defense? If they look the exact same as Tampa Bay's defense, uh, no, okay, uh, yeah, right. but uh, but Dallas's defense has looked good against uh, pretty much everybody. Well, bad teams. I mean, yeah, yeah, okay, okay, okay. I mean, have right. any of the teams that they've looked good against been great offensive teams? No, not not okay. in the slightest. That's all right. But uh, but how many great offensive teams are there? Uh, there's about four or five. They just don't play the Cowboys. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. There's Thank four God. or five, and I think we got most of them. They're all, in our they're top all right five. here. We're splitting hairs. Yeah. I'm I'm riding with right, Sean so, McVay. So you got, I got the you Saints got the Rams two. one, and I've got the Saints one. I got the Rams two. You got the Saints two. We both got Chiefs three. Chiefs three, no question. At least until Thursday. So, at least until Thursday. Right now, right. I can't look forward because I don't know what's going to happen. I might not make it to Thursday. That's a good point. If I get hit by a bus tomorrow. I'm not going to be here, and whatever happens Thursday happens. I got the Chargers four. I got the Chargers four also. I got the and Bears five. And that. And that difference between the Chargers and the Chiefs is, is solely is, because week one the Chiefs beat them, but I don't think those are two of the same teams as they were in week one. You're probably right. And the and the Chargers got unlucky. Nobody knew what to expect with this Chiefs team week one. No, you're right. You, you're right. You wanted to play them like week three or week four. Not that it was easy, and they still beat up on everybody, but at least you kind of know what you're getting into. Well, now the Chargers week, have to go to <clears> – <throat> Uh, yeah, but they've been. This is a divisional team in the rain. They, they go to Arrowhead all the time. I understand that, but uh, my number don't, five. Don't forget, like the the. Yeah, we'll do this in NFL previews. My my number five team, I I have both of them written down. I have the Patriots. And I have the Bears. Um, At this week it's got to be the Bears after a win over the Rams and after the Patriots lose at Miami. It's it's got to be. They got the same record. I understand the Patriots beat the Bears. But right now, if you add all the wins up to all the teams that beat the Patriots, they don't equal the Patriots' total wins. Like, that's bad. Yeah. I mean, I guess they probably do because the Dolphins have seven and the four. I mean, that's an exaggeration. But, but like, before that, it was – Like, it's really bad. Yeah. it's uh, they All they the just, good teams, though. They, they Patri- beat up on the good teams. Patriots yeah. – Yeah, they beat the good teams and then – they play down to the level of competition. They're all on the road, and they're all just shitty teams with yeah. bad quarterbacks. Bears are number five for me. That's probably right. You got to go Bears this week. That's probably right. Nobody, nobody has liked the Bears more than me on this podcast. That's I mean, look, the Bears got gonna, the Packers I'm this week. You're right. They they could feasibly lose. I nope. don't think they will. Nope. Nope. Um, but the Patriots got the Steelers. If they go out and show out against the Steelers, then then you can toss them in next week. We I don't do it again next week. I think we're going to have some things change next week. I think you're probably right. All right, that wraps up our NFL top five, bottom five for week 14. As always, go to tunicatravel.com, go to winningcureseverything.com. Let's do this. (laughs) 
NFL Week 15 previews. Brought to you by Tunica, Mississippi, the South's premier sports gambling destination. They've got six incredible sports books down there. You can go check out all of them over at tunicatravel.com. You can find us over at winningcureseverything.com. If you were on YouTube, hit that subscribe button for us. It's youtube.com slash winningcureseverything. Uh, let's jump into it, man. We, we got five of the – so our five biggest games, and then we've got our honorable mentions. All right. Let's start off let's, Chargers let's Chargers at the Chiefs. Thursday night football, baby. Chiefs a three-and-a-half-point favorite, 7.20 p.m. Thursday on Fox. It is the last Fox Thursday night game. It's at Arrowhead, 80% chance of rain. First off, let's, let's say this. Fox paid $700 million for the rights to Thursday night football, and everybody was like, they are crazy. These games have been terrible. You know what? That was just all scheduling. That was because, 100% schedule. Because this season, Thursday night games have Thursday been night games have been great. Incredible. All of a sudden now, everybody, everybody used to blame Thursday. All oh, the players aren't ready. They don't have enough time to prepare. That's why these games are bad. You know what? Maybe it's just that we just had a bunch of crappy teams playing one another. I'm going to go with that one. Because when we have good teams play each other, they're really fun games. Yeah, Chargers at the Chiefs. I mean, we... Like, we had Monday night football games this year that were actually fun. Yeah, no, this primetime you know, TV. Chiefs and Rams. Like, Sunday night, Monday night, and Thursday night have done well. Ratings, yeah. gold. They're cash and checks. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this is an incredible game. This is, I mean, this is a big game. This swings a lot of different things. Mahomes is the MVP favorite right now. He's like minus 150 at most uh, sports books. Um, you know, the Chiefs. They could wrap up like a number one seed. Oh, yeah. If the Chiefs win, they're going to be number one throughout. And if the Chiefs lose... The Chargers have a chance at number one throughout. And... And Phillip Rivers, Phillip Rivers could take could, the MVP away from could, Mahomes. Could take over the MVP. Like, this is a this is as high stakes a game. So, like, Rams-Chiefs was a lot of fun. But there wasn't a whole lot at stake no, because, because they're, they're in different divisions. We just whatever. thought maybe this was a precursor to, to playoffs... I mean, this borderline is a playoff game. Yeah. This, it's not a playoff game because, as in the loser's done, but the the outcome of this game matters so much in this division. Who gets home field? Who wins the division? Yeah. I mean, it's and, and MVP stuff. I mean, yeah. it's a big deal. It's a, it's a humongous game. Um, I think this is in both of our gambling picks. It is. Go watch the gambling segment. We'll we'll break that down even more, but just know this is if you're at home on Thursday night, you need to be watching this game. Period. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And if okay. you're not at home on Thursday night, cancel your plans, go cancel home and watch plans, this damn game. Go home and watch or go to a sports bar, go to your sports book. Go to Tunica, watch the game, put some action down, uh, and go watch our, our gambling picks episode. Let's do that. And if Come you're on. listening on the podcast, that's coming up next. Uh, game number two, Patriots minus one and a half at the Steelers. This still isn't on the board at a lot of places. Uh, the majority of the places out in Vegas and whatnot do have it up. Patriots minus one and a half. Um, I would imagine that line's probably going to crawl up. Like, this is one of the spots that the, the Patriots always seem to, you know, it's Sunday, 325 p.m. on CBS, so everybody will be watching. That's right. Everybody and this their mother will watch This game of the week. It. Um. Big Ben, it's he's questionable or he's probable or whatever. Like it, he's gonna play, like you know he's gonna play. Uh, James Conner, questionable. I don't 
Now, I don't know about, about him. that. I don't know about him. So we'll we'll see what happens with being him. a being a football fan. I'd like to see him play because I want this to be a good game. Yeah, you just be, want it to be fun. Being a Pats fan, I don't want to see James Conner because we can't stop anybody that has lateral speed, and that guy can go left and right just as fast. He can go north and south. Yep, and and that's what kills the Patriots. Uh, this would be an opportune time for the Steelers to uh, finally show up and play good. To, to, to show up for a ball game, they were six two and one, and well, we they, thought they were seven two and one after they beat the man, Jags. No, six two and one, and we thought, man, this team might be the best team in the AFC. They just yeah. hadn't played the Chiefs yet, and no, they they did. They they lost them in week two. Remember? Oh, that was in week two. Yeah. That's right. So, but they that they had started playing like the best team in the. That's right, because they, they had tied and then they lost, and I remember that now. Yeah, was. They we we thought man the Steelers are right, and then they win at the Jags, but it's garbage. Yeah. And then they then they so roll seven off two and one and three now L's in a row, three L's in a row, and they got the Patriots. And one of them to the damn and, and, Raiders and at the Saints next week. Yeah, it's gonna be so because cool. <laughs> Saints are still playing to keep lock lock up home field advantage. They've got yes. the tiebreaker over the Rams, but the Rams are are not looking to be slowing down. If the Saints slip up this much. Yeah, they lose you, home Saints field. lose one game and and they lose home field. That's right. Uh, and and you don't want to have to go out to L.A. You'd rather no. just stay you at home. It's not that L.A. is such a hard place to play. The dome is so hard to play. You yeah. want them coming there. Yes, agreed. Uh, so you know, Steelers like uh, there's nothing that tells me that they've even got a shot in this game. Like uh, if I was a fan, I'd feel that way because then if they play well, you feel good. Being somebody, being a Steelers fan, that is. Well, looking at the Steelers' history against the Patriots, because the Patriots always show up for this game. Oh, that's right. The Patriots coming off of a loss, they're going to be fired up. Uh, it, that's it. Always happens. So like the this. things that scare me, being the Pats guy, Antonio Brown, we have no answer for whatsoever, and Juju Smith-Schuster, we have no answer for whatsoever. And offensively, I don't know who is healthy and who is not, and and that's what worries me about the Pats. Now, with that being said, the national sports writer fan, Bill Simmons, that is the the kind of resident Patriots fan that speaks for the collective most of us, most Patriot fans are not worried about this game in the least solely because if there is one team the Patriots just own, it is the Steelers. Exactly. I mean, you can talk about it being the Jets or the Bills. Those teams are bad. Out of all the, the good Steelers teams, the Steelers are always good. The, the Patriots just absolutely are living rent free inside of Tomlin's head. Yeah, I mean he just it, it, he's. I think Tomlin is a fine coach. I think he's a fine. I, I I will agree with that. But I also think that Belichick can coach circles around him. It's no, no, yeah, no. The, we're not we're not so, having the same discussion. He's a fine coach. The other guy's a genius and a, an exceptional coach. And Ben's a fine quarterback. The other guy's but an they, exceptional but they, quarterback. Yeah, well, they, they know. So the Patriots, even when they're not great on defense. Well, they can score a lot against the Steelers. They they find ways to to shut down Roethlisberger. I don't know how either. I really don't know how the Patriots have been bad at defense for a while. And, and they I, still do. I, I don't know how they shut Ben down. Because even when Ben looks bad, they still score like twenty eight points. They just look he just makes a lot of mistakes. Yeah. I look, I hope it continues. I hope the trend continues. because um, the Pats, they got four losses. I, I there's hope a legit it doesn't, there's a legit chance the Patriots could finish the four seed. 
I mean, it's. I mean that that is out there that they're playing not possible. just on Wild Card Sunday, but they're they're on the road the whole playoffs through if they have a chance to win at all, other than Wild Card Weekend. Yeah. I mean, and, and point, I don't like, want to play the Chargers or the Chiefs in round one. God, that'd like be that's, awful. You, you, I would, I, I would do anything I would have to do to not have the four seed in the <laughs> AFC. I don't think you got to worry about that. You got the uh, tiebreaker over the Texans, so you, you should I mean, be fine. Texas could finish with twelve wins. They're not going to win. They're not winning out. There's no way. Like I didn't think they'd run off six in a row. Eight in a row, nine who in a does, row. Who do the Texans have? They left? ran off nine in a row. I know that. I I got that. But hold on. I, so I'm pulling this up right now because I got to find out. Texans got the Jets this weekend. So tell me that's not a W. Well, I mean that's okay. So they got a shot there. All right, <laughs> they got a shot. They I got a it. shot. I you never it. know what the you're making Jets. me feel good about this. Um, week then, seventeen, they've got. Hold on, they got the Jets. Then they've got uh, at Philadelphia and Jacksonville. They're going to win out. Oh, Lord. Patriots don't win out. They're getting the four seed. You know, when we did our preview before the season, I actually had the Texans going 11-5. and five. You remember that? No, I don't remember As, that. Yeah, but I also, feel like you're making that up right now. Also, no, I also had the Titans going 11-5. and five, though, so. I feel like you're making that up right now. All right, what, what division am I missing? The AFC North? No, that's the seed. AFC North is the uh, uh, the, the winner. Ravens. Okay, no, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. The Patriots won't have a four seed. The the AFC North winner is going to have a four seed. Yeah. So I mean, even if the Steelers win this game, I don't think that they catch the Pats. No. Right. Okay. No. Pats f- are nine I, and four. Steelers seven and five. Well, seven uh, five and one. Yeah. Uh, Houston nine and four, and Kansas City and the Chargers eleven and two and ten and three. Okay. I feel so, I feel much better. Yeah. Because yeah. the Patriots still have the Jets and the Bills, I think, to finish the season. And so yeah. I, I feel like if they lose this game, they win the next two, they're they're still going to be okay. Yeah, I think you're probably right. And we're still playing um, on wild card Sunday. I, uh, I think the Pats win this game. I don't think that the Texans uh, uh, jump them in the standings, I think. Hope you're right. I think the Pats will be fine. Uh, game number three, the Cowboys at the Colts. This is actually a really fun. I'm excited yeah. for this game because Andrew Luck looks good and the Cowboys are just doing weird shit that I can't explain. The Colts, a three-point favorite at Sunday noon on Fox. I would imagine there's going to be a lot of people watching this game. Oh, no, yeah. Um, Cowboys, I mean, they've won five straight. They're 5-1 they're and one since they got Amari Cooper. The Colts can't really stop good offenses. I don't know that the Cowboys are a good offense, but they got playmakers. Anyway, Jerry Jones sold his soul to the devil. I think it's entirely possible. Um, but I, I think that had he – I think he would have done that a long time ago. Well, I wonder, is he that good of a deal maker that he got it back somehow? And then sold and it then, again. And then sold it again. That's he was possible. like, I didn't mean to get rid of Jimmy. I'm sorry. <laughs> Let's make another deal. We're making a new deal. New deal. New deal. And, let me let me and have gonna, let me have Cooper and I'm gonna I don't know that it's Cooper I, Cooper. I think it's I think it's I'm gonna make a deal and I need to I need to make this work for me I'm gonna die soon let me let me just get this W and I'm out of here if the Cowboys win this game your uh, under ticket is dead isn't it they have to lose out for me to which they're not going to because they get Tampa Bay in a couple of weeks and that's gonna I'm gonna lose that one 
Yeah. I did go through all my tickets. Other than the Cowboys and the Vikings tickets, out of the eight tickets I bought, I think I'm cashing the rest. The Bills have to win out. The Browns only have to win one more. Uh, the, the Browns have to lose out for me to lose that game, lose that ticket. The Bills have to win out for me to lose that one. And I think all the rest of them I've already hit. The other, Dang. The other, you had eight. I had eight. And I, the other four I've already hit. And you put some... I know. Put no, some no, money down this, on them. This will be the most profitable year I've ever had betting in, in the NFL. Preseason, um, like total wins, not preseason games, and then betting spreads. This this will be the absolute most profitable. You have, uh, you've done really well. So. Really well this year. Um, game, uh, hey, what are you leaning here? This in your uh, this is in your gambling picks. And what now? What game? The Colts, the Colts, uh, Cowboys. Oh yeah, yeah, this is absolutely my gambling picks. And there's no logic to it. There's none whatsoever. It's now it's just out of spite. I've bet against the Cowboys five straight weeks. I've lost all five weeks, and and some of them they've they've beat the other team's ass. They just they just whipped the Saints' ass. Like that that's part of it. And I'm okay. I'll, I'll take that loss. The loss last week that's that's complete horseshit. And and I'm not taking it. That's just not right. It's not okay, what, uh, and it's not going to keep happening. What was your quote? Like, you're going to fade. I'm fading Jason Garrett until yeah, just, fading Jason, yeah. fading Jason Garrett's ass until they or no, until they fading fire. Jason Garrett until they fire his ass. Yeah, that was it. That's, That's it. I said that like week two, <laughs> and I made a lot of money early in the season, and now it's just out yeah. of spite. Now it's now it's gotten a little bit ridiculous. Game number four. Let's uh, let's try and roll through these. Uh, they get less interesting the further we go. Dolphins at the Vikings. Vikings a seven point favorite. Dolphins had a huge win last week. The Vikings had a uh, big loss on Monday Night Football. The Vikings fired their offensive coordinator. It's Sunday noon on CBS. I would imagine things will probably flip here. I'm surprised the Vikings were a seven point favorite, but the Dolphins have been garbage on the road. That so this is. And this is actually in my gambling picks, but I'll give the logic here too for, for, for people to understand. I think this the spread is a classic case of overreaction Sunday. Okay. The the Dolphins beat the vaunted Patriots and and they beat them in glorious fashion. And the Vikings got the hell beat out of them on national TV. Both of those games, everybody knows, everybody saw, and so immediately the seven-point spread, everyone's just—they have to be piling on the Dolphins. Yeah, I—I I think that is overreaction. That is dumb. Go the other way. This yes. is—I—I I can't tell you a lot of things I like about the Vikings other than the fact that they're playing at home against a team that doesn't play well on the road. The right play is you just take the Vikings and you just kind of close your eyes and and hope it works out. Yeah, I agree. Uh, game number five, Saints minus six and a half at the Panthers. Uh, the Panthers have lost five, five straight. Is this five straight? Yeah, five God, straight. Dog. Um, and and while they have looked better at home, they have still been losing at home. So that offensive line's not good. No, well, and just the the play calling just doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. So Cam's not accurate. And here's what's really sad about the the Panthers team: Christian McCaffrey's having an in incredible season oh absolutely well and this it is, is an interesting stat here right? it is so, gonna go kind of swept under the rug this is so this is the monday night football game 7 15 p.m on espn uh the panthers last week in their loss to what the browns lost to cleveland um the panthers with that's, that's three with, out of the last four by the way with cam 
and McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. Both of them combined were it had 86% success rate running the football. Oh yeah. And so and for those that don't understand it's uh you get a certain amount of yardage on first down, a certain amount of yardage when there's however much left for the, you know. Yeah, there's a, there's an algorithm figured yes. out to what's successful but, running but and what's 86%. not. But 86% and they get I mean they're down 26 to 20 late in the ball game. And I mean, they they move the ball all the way down the field using McCaffrey running the football, using Cam running the football, and they get down to like the three yard line, and not once do they give it to McCaffrey or let Cam run the football. They and there's still plenty of time left. It's not like yeah. they had to throw the football, but Norv Turner is calling passes for Cam Newton. And when you get down that tight and the coverage gets that close because you don't have but seven to ten yards to actually defend yeah then you have to be an amazingly accurate quarterback and cam, cam is, is far cam from is that. not that he is a freak athlete with a cannon but he's never gonna make that needle in a haystack throw that that thread the ball through the needle I, well, and, and you've got and you got cam and yeah. McCaffrey that are both great in space yes. and you can spread a it, defense if enough you're gonna throw it you need to, to dump. You need to, to run some type of out little screen pass or something to McCaffrey because he is great in space, even though it's all tight right there. McCaffrey is averaging a hundred yards rushing, a hundred yards receiving almost every game. Yeah, like that. Like that's incredible. We averaging like two touchdowns. Yeah, a game. we we haven't seen a guy do this that well for a team that's playing this bad in a long time. Yeah. It's uh, it's strange. And then the defense. I I think Ron Rivera has probably punched his ticket. I think so too. I mean, we'll we'll see. I mean, if he beats the Saints and he wins out and he makes a wild card spot, then maybe we're having a different conversation. But But and I think this team, I think this team has the talent to do that. But yeah, but it doesn't look like the it doesn't look like they've got the the horses to be able to do that right now. Do we think the Saints' offense figures it out? Do they get right in this game? Because I think they got right in the last game. mm, I don't know if they Um, got right. I mean, they had a punt return and and a punt block. Like they like they scored on some fluky stuff. This wasn't their offense just scoring now. Oh no, I'm I'm with you. But I'm with you. One thing, but that's they looked a- better, and they were moving the football more. They like okay, yeah, they looked better, and I think they got it figured out in the second half last week. I think they come out because divisional game, uh, it's in Carolina. I think they absolutely like just swing that that thing. So so here's the one thing that you gotta love if you're Drew Brees. You're in this tight MVP race right now. There is nothing better than the Panthers secondary. To get you just looking good. Yep. Which is why I was amazed that this was uh, six and a half points. Which well, I mean, still it seems a, like a lot. It's, it's a divisional. A, it's game. a divisional road dog. I mean, that a road yeah. fa- like that's that's tough, man. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, let's jump through the honorable mentions real quick. We got four of them. Let's roll. Sunday night football: Eagles at the Rams. Rams are now an eleven and a half point favorite. The line opened at eight. Uh, Wentz. It, it was announced that he may be done for the season. So immediately it's Nick Foles. If you don't think you can win the division, you immediately go to Foles. Yeah, uh, and like I think that's, that's the what right move, right? Um, so now the Rams from eight points are now up to eleven and a half. Seems like a lot of points, but uh, but we've also seen the Eagles just get blasted. Correct. So you know we'll see what happens. Uh, I'm surprised that uh, NBC did not flex out of this one and, and take something a little more interesting. Oh no, you you don't flex out of the Rams right now. You got an opportunity to have the Rams. You don't care who they're playing. Okay. Uh, Titans at the Giants. Giants minus two and a half. Uh, coin flip game, kind of Sunday noon on CBS. Titans 
really need to win out. No, the Titans got to win out. They want the wild card spot. Yeah. Um, Giants have looked really well. Yeah, they, the Giants have been playing really good football. I mean, remember they they opened up what one and seven. Yeah, and now they're five and eight. So I mean, they beat the Bears a couple weeks ago. Like this is a good football team. Saquon looks pretty incredible. Uh, yeah, they've uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, they put forty on uh, on Washington last week. And I think that probably might be why. Uh, they've got the Giants as a favorite here at home, um, but it could also be that like we don't know what the Titans are. But like, I they looked really you, good last you're not week. Putting, but listen, I've been wrong about a lot of things. I've made some definitive statements and just been flat out wrong. You're not putting forty on this Titans team. No, that's not happening. That's just, I just don't think that's gonna happen. No, I, I agree with you. Uh, Packers at the Bears. Bears are currently a six point favorite. Sunday noon on Fox is at Soldier Field. Uh, the Bears big win over the Rams last week. Packers uh, got a huge win in their first game since they fired uh, Mike McCarthy. Joe Fieldman. Um, I don't know <laughs> that the Packers have what it takes to beat the Bears this go-round. The Bears are probably still pissed about that week one loss. Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. I think they will be looking to uh, hand it to the Packers. Uh, and then finally, the Browns at the Broncos. Broncos minus three. This is Saturday night, 7.20 p.m. on the NFL Network. It's at Mile High Stadium. Browns coming off a big win against uh, – Against the Panthers, Broncos coming off of a devastating loss at the 49ers made no sense whatsoever. Uh, but Emmanuel Sanders is out, so you know that that might have hurt that offense last week. They didn't know what to do without him. Uh, this is in my gambling picks, so oh. we'll, we'll we'll see what happens with that. Um, so that is our NFL previews for Week 15. Remember to go over and check out the NFL gambling picks uh, episode. Go to tunicatravel.com for more information on all six of their sports books and head over to winningcureseverything.com to find out more about us. NFL Gambling Picks Week number 15. Brought to you by Tunica, Mississippi, the South's premier sports gambling destination. They got six incredible sports books down there Samstown, Hollywood Casino, First Jackpot. Uh, the Fitz Casino. Did I already say the Fitz Casino? Nope. Nope. Uh, and then you got uh, Horseshoe and Gold Strike. So, six awesome ones down there. TunicaTravel.com is the place to go to get more information on all of them. You can also go check us out over at WinningCuresEverything.com. We've got our picks, our previews, our YouTube stuff, which if you're on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. Leave us a couple of comments. Let us know what you think about the show. Let us let us know what we got right, what we got wrong, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, on Facebook. All that stuff's over at winningcureseverything.com. Uh, last week, our football picks contest, which is running all the way through the NFL regular season. Uh, we had not as many people jump in last week, but Carol C. from Huntsville, Alabama went 7-3. and three. She got two nights at the Fitz Casino. She got a $100 gift certificate for the uh, uh, the steakhouse down there. She got $50 in free slot play. This week, same deal, two nights, $100 steak, uh, dinner, whatever, $50 slot play at Samstown. So, um, so you, you go over to winningcureseverything.com, jump in that bad boy, let's do that thing. We had somebody go 5-0 and last week. And they never would respond to me about jumping on the show. So, well, if they respond, we'll, we'll let if them they respond, on. We'll they let them on. To, they don't have to respond immediately. I get it. They might not check their stuff, but so we'll we'll see what happens. We'll if keep you, reaching out. Keep reaching out. Keep doing your thing. Um, 
Same deal goes for this week. You go five and zero in your spread deal, picks. Man. Going five and zero is tough. That is uh, that is very difficult. But yeah, go you go five and zero against the spread. Now remember, leave them in the comments below. All you got to do, pick your games. Tell us where you got your lines. I'll look at what date you got the lines and make sure it evens up and whatnot. And then we'll go from there. So if you go five and zero. We're going to get you on the show. We'll call you up. We'll see what's happening. Or if you just want to send us a video and get, get your picks right. in, we'll toss it in on the video. So that way you get your name out there. We'll we'll help you all out. Um, but I'm curious. You know, we had some people talking smack earlier, saying that we don't know what we're talking about. It's tough to win games against the spread. It just is what it is. Uh, so let's jump into our gambling picks for this week. Uh, last week I went 4-1. and one. That's a good week. That's a good week a after going week. one and four the week before. It's a hell of a week, brother. So that moves me to 34-34-2. So I'm dead even. You went two and three. That only moved Wait you. Minute. I thought I went three and two. No, you went two and three last week. Are you sure about that? I am 100% positive. Okay. I went back and double-checked it over and over and over again. Am I, am I, uh... <laughs> do, do we need to pull this up? No, I'm sure we did. I bet a lot of games... Um, I, I usually try to do the same five I do for here is my five for my super contest picks, and I went three and two in the super contest. I'm trying to think of what game I left off of this that I put in the other one. I am curious. Uh, hold on. I will, I'll pull it up. We This is riveting radio, I would imagine. It can't be that but, bad. Uh, no, nah, it can't be that bad. Let's see. Sheets. Da, 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 da. I, I don't know that I have done that. I think every week so far I've made sure my super contest and my five pick. Cause it's just easier for me to keep up with. No, that, I mean, what that makes five sense. Because I bet a lot of games. What five are the most important to me? Because not only do I have money riding on them, but I also have them in contest or public picks. All right. Uh, you missed the Bills minus three and a half. Bills, Philly, I know I missed. You missed Philly, and you missed the Broncos minus six. I had the Broncos in that. Did I have Indy, Tennessee, or New Orleans? You Which had Tennessee and the Saints. Okay, so I didn't have Indy. I had Indy in my super contest. Uh, okay. That's where I – so I swapped Indy and the Broncos. Yep. That, that was a that was a mistake. Yeah. But that's an eight. Sometimes you're going to have those. That's right. Is what it is. My record that I had at home, I was like, oh, I'm still – I'm still, you know, still better. Yeah, look, I didn't you, have a losing week. Look, you, you're still at 58%. Week. That's so strong, like, but it's, you're you're doing fine. You were right. okay. Everything is wonderful. And I really good. want to finish sixty, but with only three weeks left, it's going to be hard to move it up. It's yeah, it's going to be tough. But uh, but hey, you still got time. We got three weeks left. That's we right. we can do this thing. Let's jump in. Game number one. You want game one or you want me to? I, How about I, this? Are, are you betting Thursday night? I'm taking game one. What game is Thursday night? Oh yeah, we're going head to head. All right. Uh, I've got all right, so game one for me. Chargers at the Chiefs. I got the Chiefs minus three and a half. I think home field advantage. The the metrics have got the Chiefs at 4.83 point favorite. Okay. So I'm going to roll with that. That is, that's more than three and a half. Mm-hmm. I think the Chiefs had their scare last week. I think they will be amped up for this one. The Chargers, two and seven in their last nine straight up against the Chiefs. Um, okay. And they're not much better against the spread. So, Chiefs against divisional opponents, always, always bet the Chiefs. As long as Andy Reid has been there, they have just been lights out against divisional opponents. Uh, Chargers didn't look so good last week. They might have been looking ahead. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But uh, 
But yeah, I like Kansas City at home on Thursday night, minus three and a half. I like the Chargers. I think Kansas City has not played two good teams back-to-back all season. I think they haven't been challenged in back-to-back weeks all season. I think they were pushed last week. And had they been playing a team that was a little bit better offensively, I think they lose that game. I think their defense is absolute trash. I think the Chargers have an opportunity to score on almost every possession. If I was the Chargers, I leave the field goal kicker at home. I go for every two-point <laughs> conversion, and I never I never kick a field goal. I just go for it on fourth down until I score or I punt. And I try to punt as little as possible. I, okay. I, also, I also think <clears throat> the rain and bad weather is going to help the Chargers based on the style of offenses these teams play. This crazy, fast, unbelievable, no-look passing, throwing the ball all over the place – style of offense is not going to work well in the rain that's totally and, and, feasible and, and that's that's what i think now coaching wise anthony land's going to get his pants coached off of him yeah that's going to happen offensively the chiefs have that as well but i don't think the gap is as big as everyone else thinks it is because i think the elements are going to kind of bring these two teams close together on that the and one you're getting thing, more than a field goal. And the one thing that I'm also getting is is Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa might be the best one-two combo in all the NFL at rushing the passer. We're going to see if Patrick Mahomes is unstoppable, invincible, all of these things, because I don't think the Chiefs' offensive line is great. I think Mahomes makes people miss a lot. But I also don't think he's had to go up against a team where he had to worry about multiple rushers. And okay. this will be a game where he does. And we'll see how well he does when he gets hit. Now, that makes sense. That makes We're sense. We're going to learn a lot about the Chiefs. We're going to learn a lot about Patrick Mahomes. And here's here's what here's – what, this, this game needs to tell a story to Chiefs fans. You've looked great all season. You have an opportunity to have home field advantage all season throughout the playoffs. But if you don't play well in bad weather, that home field advantage might not be what you want. You might want to go to L.A. and play the Chargers in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. Be- because your offense doesn't look like stylistically it works in the mud, in the rain, in the snow. Yeah, we we will we will see. We will see. So anyway, I'm I'm going Chargers. You're going Chiefs. Game number two for me. Saturday night, the Browns at the Broncos. I'm taking the Broncos minus three. Okay. So metrics say the Broncos should be favored by six in this game. Uh, both teams been playing pretty well lately. Um, Cleveland's think, won last three out of four. Yep, and and so have the Broncos. Yeah, but Broncos are a good team. That's uh, well, I mean they got the same number of wins. Well, all right. Cle- so is Cleveland not Cle- a good team? No, Cleveland. <laughs> Cleveland is three out of the last four without Hugh Jackson. Okay, that okay. makes sense. You have the same team you've had all season, minus two your two best wide receivers. Yeah, Cleveland just dropped a two hundred and twenty pound weight. Yeah, I okay, I can understand that. Uh, Broncos last week lose at the Forty ers Browns win at the Panthers. Nope, home for the Panthers. It's sorry, right. uh, Browns lose. Uh, <sighs> Browns win home for the ag- Panthers. Home against the Panthers. Correct. Broncos lose on the road against the Forty ers Browns got to go two mile high on a Saturday night. That place will be amped up. They think they still got a shot at the uh, at the playoffs. 
I think this team shows up. I think this defense shows up. Um, I mean, Baker, when he has to play really good defenses, and I don't know that the Broncos are like a really good defense, but they still got some players. They got guys that are going to rush him and yes. make him run. Which and, is what the yeah. Texans did, and the Texans made him look bad. Real bad. Picked off, yeah. what, three, four times in that game? I think it was three, but yeah. it, it, it felt like ten. That's right. Um, and I think that the Broncos can do the same thing here. I'm I'm only giving up a field goal. Metrics say that the Broncos should win by more. I'm going to take the Broncos minus three on Saturday night at home. If you listen to our preview pick uh, – not pick, preview. Previews. Um, Week 15 preview. Yeah, whatever. That video <laughs> and or the podcast, and you're about 15 minutes ago. You know that I took the Vikings – I like the Vikings minus seven. I think this is classic overreaction in NFL. I think one team got beat on national TV on Monday night, and the other team won in glorious fashion, and we're going to watch that highlight every day, ten times a day. If you watch any of the sports talk channels whatsoever, you're going to see the miracle in Miami over and over and over again. You're going to see them beating the Patriots, and you're going to think, man, that's a good team. And they've got seven wins. And all seven of those wins have come in Miami. All six of their losses. On the road. And they haven't had a close game on the road at all. Every team on the road has beat the hell out of this Dolphins team. Yep. They don't travel well at all. I am I am taking Minnesota, coming off of a bad loss. Everything's going against them. Fired the OC, all this stuff. And everything's going right for the Dolphins. Just be careful because I, I thought Vegas would make this line three, four point line, something like that. Yeah, more than a field goal. But what I, I was when I saw it was a touchdown, I knew I was going to take Minnesota because that yeah. is Vegas begging everybody, please bet the Dolphins. That's that's what it seems like. Uh, game number three for me: the Raiders at the Bengals. Oh, these are two bad teams. Really bad teams. Woo. Bengals are a three-point favorite. I am rolling with the home team here. Uh, the Raiders put everything they had into beating the Steelers last week at home. Now they got to go on the road to Cincy, early game. I think the Bengals bounce back because they looked good against the Chargers last week. They they still got some fight in them. Jeff Driscoll is not great, but he is serviceable. Uh, the Raiders, I still think, are a trash team. I think the Bengals win this game. I think they cover the three. Until Hugh Jackson is gone, the Bengals won't win another game. Yeah, we'll see about that. So anyway, Remember, they're playing the Raiders. I, I'm, I'm, and, and you know how I feel about the Raiders. I know. I'm standing by my previous You're also a Browns fan that hated Hugh Jackson. That, no, so. no, 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 no. That has, your fandom for the Browns has nothing to do with the fact that Hugh is absolute trash. And he just brings that stink with him everywhere he goes. <laughs> What's your game number three? My game number three, <laughs> I'm taking the Rams. This Rams team scored zero offensive touchdowns. What uh, what line did you get? I got them at 11. Okay. The Rams scored zero offensive touchdowns last week. I, I, I don't know how many touchdowns they're going to score against the Eagles. I, I bet it's more than five. I, I'm, I, I think they're going to score a lot. I think Sean McVay said, you think we got slowed down? Nah. nah this Eagles <laughs> no, team, the temperature slowed us down. This Eagles team is is not the Bears' defense. They, and they've we, feel it. And we get to come to L.A. And <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, Philly, 
But y'all played stupid against the Cowboys, and you're about to suffer the wrath of a pissed off McVay. Yeah, I I think I think they're going to beat them by three touchdowns. I think the Rams are going to beat the hell out of them. And I don't know that you're going to have the excuse of Carson Wentz. But I don't know that Carson Wentz could save them. No, I look. I don't think there's a whole lot of difference between Foles and Wentz. I don't either. So you know, like, what are you swapping to? Like, you probably got a better shot here. That's right. Um, game number four for me, the Detroit Lions going to the Buffalo Bills. The Lions are a two and a half point underdog. Metrics say the Lions should win this by two point six four. I am rolling with the Lions here. Matt Patricia knows this Buffalo team. I think he will make Josh Allen look goofy. I think I'm hoping. I'm hoping that Carryon Johnson is back. Even if he's that, not, I think LeGarrette Blunt, uh, that whole bunch, like they they know this Bills team. It's not like this is a, a, a interdivisional game that they just have no idea what to expect. Right. Like you got guys that have been on that side before, and I still don't think that Buffalo's that good, even at home. No, you're probably right. And so I, I if I'm if I'm looking at a Lions team catching points against a team that I don't think is very good. Give me the Lions. I'll, I'll go Lions plus two and a half at Buffalo. I just realized, looking at all the games that I like, I'm taking all favorites except the Chargers. Yeah, it seemed really chalky with the Vikings and the Rams. You you know how much I hate doing that. Yeah, that, that happens sometimes. I don't care. I'm not changing my picks. I made them. I made them. I'm sticking with them. Let's go with – I'm having a hard time because I'm looking at the sheet. And I wrote nine games down that I like a lot. I wrote nine. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the Ravens laying seven and a half against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Okay. I think this Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is what I love about this team and the Ravens. First, Ravens are a pretty damn good defense. Okay. They might be the second or third best defense in the league. They're definitely top three. Okay, I don't know that they're better than the Cowboys, but they're in the conversation of them and the Cowboys for number two over the over the the the, the Bears. Jameis Winston, it's 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 a leopard can't change his spots. Jameis Winston is going to turn the ball over. Three games straight now, he hasn't turned the ball over at all. Last week in a hail mary situation, it was an interception that doesn't really count. So three weeks throwing the football for quote-unquote, precise throws, no interceptions. We are about to make – that mean is going to regress, and we are about to make up for it. It's I, about to I, go down. I, I have a feeling that we could get four, five. A, I, I, think, <laughs> I think this Ravens team is going to beat him up and just take the football away. They play exceptionally well in Baltimore. Oh, yeah. Tampa Bay about to come up there. It's going to be cold. It's going to be nasty. And this Ravens team defensively still going to beat you up. It's I like more it. more than a touchdown. Seven and a half. I don't like the hook. I don't know that I care. I think James – I'm betting on Jameis. I'm betting on Jameis. Jameis will, to give will me the turn ball. the ball over. Just give me the ball. We're going to make up. Three games, no turnovers. No, sir. No, no, no. It's it's time to it's time to get back to that two to three a game average. Okay, okay. Game number five for me, the Packers at the Bears. I'm taking the Bears minus five and a half. 
The Matrix, we've got it. Bears, 7.67. Look, everybody thinks that the Packers got back on track last week. They fired Mike McCarthy. Aaron Rodgers is happy now. The Falcons are one of the worst defensive teams in the league. And on top of that, Steve Sarkeesian can't score. He can't get them into the end zone. So the Packers were always going to win that game, whether McCarthy was there or not. But the Packers stole a game from the Bears in week one, and I think they are still mad about it. Oh, no doubt. Khalil Mack was on a pitch count that week one. He did not play much of the third or fourth quarter when the comeback was happening because he he had no training camp and he was just gassed. But the Bears at home? That's not the same this week now. Soldier Field, noon. It's going to be nasty. December. And I understand that the Packers understand about nasty. I got that. But I'm telling you, this Bears team, they are going to be amped up for this. Metrics got it 7.67 for the Bears. That's uh, that's over two points. I'm going to roll with that one. Bears minus five and a half for me. I love that game. I want, I want them to make that pick. There's so many games I like. We tend to do bad when we pick the same one, so I'm staying away from it. My last game, I'm picking out of sheer spite. Just just pure hatred. Don't like you. I've won a lot of money betting against you. Last five weeks, you've taken money out of my pocket. Last week, you didn't earn it. The referees gave it to you. I'm coming at you, the Cowboys, one more time. One more time, going back to this well. I'm laying points. I'm taking the Colts, minus three. I think they're going to win the game. I think they're going to put you back in the corner. Okay. At okay. some point in time. Let's let's do a rundown. Okay. Let's do a rundown. Okay. <laughs> I got uh, the Chiefs minus three and a half. Uh, Broncos minus three. Bengals minus three. Lions plus two and a half. Bears minus five and a half. What are your five? Vikings minus seven. Colts minus three. Rams minus 11. Chargers plus three and a half. Ravens minus seven and a half. I can't believe I'm taking all chalk. <laughs> well, I mean, you got the Chargers in there. So you're good. You're all right. Uh, that is our NFL Week 15 gambling picks. Uh, as always, go into the football picks contest. Uh, you can find our gambling picks page over on winningcureseverything.com. You can see exactly what we've been doing all year. Every one of our picks is listed, college football and pro, uh, really for the last three years. So, you can see exactly what we got, exactly what we've been doing. Um, as always, brought to you by Tunica, Mississippi, South's premier sports gambling destination. Go over to tunicatravel.com. Find out more information on all six of their incredible sports books. That wraps up the Week 15 Gambling Picks. College football gambling picks for bowl week number one. Uh, this is going to be December 15th through the 19th. We're just going to give you the games that we like the most. Sometimes um, we might pick three games. We might pick five. We, you so know, I'll, I'll tell you this. I've got four games. Let's go around. How many you got? I got. I've got five. I'm gonna. You give got out. five. Okay. Um, let's go on and jump in. Uh, since you got five, I'll let you start and finish. How's that? Sure. I'm gonna roll with Bill Clark and UAB laying three against Northern Illinois. Northern Illinois has not done well in bowl games, and I, I I'm just gonna ride with Bill Clark from now until the end of the time. I mean, he pretty much has to face off against Mike Leach for me to say, you know what, maybe I'll think about this one. Well, I, I'll tell you this. Uh, UAB was 1-3 and three against the spread in their last four. Um, 
I'm going the opposite of you. That's the Boca Raton Bowl that is on the what the eight no yeah eighteenth Tuesday December eighteenth, um, six p.m. on ESPN. I've got Northern Illinois plus three here, uh, and and just for a little fun, I'm going to take the under forty three. These are two defensive-minded football teams. UAB's quarterback, we're still not sure if he's going to be back for this game. Uh, Northern Illinois has got two guys in the top six in the country as far as total sacks. They are going to come swinging at UAB. Uh, I think they're going to be fired up for this game in Boca Raton. Um, UAB played their Super Bowl. They, They won their conference title. And I understand that Northern, uh, Northern Illinois did the same thing. I was saying, I don't know if that was a Super Bowl. But, uh, but man, like I, I've seen UAB be really bad. I think Northern Illinois comes out and, and handles them. I like the plus three here. Uh, what's, uh, what's game number two for you? MTSU plus six and a half against App State. And you got a coaching situation where the head coach for App State – don't know how much of the genius he was. He, he kind of did the same thing the coaches before him have done. Uh, but MTSU, we've got a coaching situation where this is his last game. He's retiring. His son is a quarterback. This will be his last game to ever play in college football. Probably is is Rick Stock still retiring? Yeah. I didn't realize that. Oh, I think this is his last game. I know I know. Brent, his like the quarterback, his son uh, I, is. I is think gone. I think he's I think he's retiring. I think this is his last game. I think that's what I've read. Huh. I I think this is one of those situations where MTSU is leaving it all out on the field. I can believe that they are going to fight for their guy. I will have money line action riding on this game quite a bit. Well, MTSU is uh, four and one against the spread. The last five as an underdog. So, I I like that. I like that pick. Uh, I liked it a lot more when it was uh, App State minus seven and a half. Oh yeah, earlier. Um, yeah. But yeah, six can't and a half get that still, one anymore. Can't get that one anymore. Uh, I like the New Mexico Bowl. Uh, Saturday, December 15th, 1 p.m. Central Time on ESPN. Look, I understand Matt Wells is gone from Utah State, but his entire staff is staying behind. They are helping coach the team. They still got Jordan Love. North Texas, uh, Seth Luttrell, like they, they haven't always shown up in bowl games. I love Utah State here. This line dropped immensely. It was 11 and a half to start out with. And once Matt Wells left, it is now seven and a half. I'm taking Utah State minus seven and a half. I liked them at nine when we did our first preview for them a couple of days ago. Now it's all the way down to seven and a half. Give me Utah State. Give me the Aggies minus seven and a half against North Texas. I think they come out and, uh, and prove that they were not just the coach, that the players had something to do with this too. Next game I'm giving is Arizona State plus four and a half against Fresno State. I like both these coaches, and I really like both these programs. If this was a one, two point less than a field goal game, I would feel a little differently. I'm getting four and a half. I just figured I'm taking the dog, and I'm riding with Herm Edwards. I, I like Coach Herm. I think he's a, a really good coach. He's done an incredible job as week one. I think he's going to have his guys playing really hard for him. Once again, I'm getting a dog plus four and a half. I think has a really good chance to win the game. I'm going to have money line option on uh, Arizona State. I'm going the complete opposite direction. Las Vegas Bowl, 2.30 p.m. ABC this Saturday, December 15th. I got Fresno State minus four and a half. Uh, Nikhil Harry is not playing, so the offense is going to take a little bit of a jump back for Arizona State, but everything that Hurm does, Tedford seems to do better this year. 
Uh, I understand it was against a different schedule, but Fresno, this is a a huge game for them. They are all discussing about they want to prove that they can do this against Power 5 teams, that this was not just to show that they are the real deal. I I like them here. The Las Vegas Bowl always seems to come up with something a little screwy. I think Tedford is uh, is amped up for this one. I'm going to take Fresno State minus four and a half. All right. Next one, Tulane minus three and a half against Louisiana. I I, I really like this Tulane team. I I like Willie Fritz a lot. Um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna play him in a bowl game. I probably would go against the option if this was a late in bowl season time where you've got two and a half, three, four weeks to prepare for them. They had two weeks to prepare. Tulane lost their OC to another job. I actually think that's in their best benefit is now. I mean, it's going to be some style of the option, but it might not be the same play calling. You don't really know what's going to happen or what to expect. I'm laying three and a half. Louisiana's played well. They, They got into a bowl game. I don't think this is the matchup they want. Again, going the exact opposite direction of you. Uh, I've got Louisiana Lafayette plus three and a half, or I think it's just Louisiana. It's just Louisiana. It's the Raging Cajuns. Uh, plus three and a half here. Uh, look, Louisiana this year, nine and four against the spread, three and one against the spread their last four. Uh, they are putting up points in bunches. And I understand they give up a lot, but Tulane sometimes has trouble scoring just against air. It just kind of depends on the week. I know that I'm going to get Louisiana putting up yardage, putting up points. And I think that the hook here could help me out, but I think Louisiana could end up winning the game outright. I think they are kind of the the stepchild here. Yeah, I I agree with that. So I I think that they'll be uh, pretty amped up to be able to play against uh, an in-state team that that even though it sounds ridiculous, seems to get a little bit more of the benefits than they do. Oh, totally. Uh, Billy Napier, year one, uh, got him into the Sun Belt Championship game. Look, I, I like Louisiana a lot here, plus three and a half. What, uh, what's your last game? My last game, I, I, I leaned in the uh, in the preview that we did for the bowl game, Ohio. The more I'm thinking about it, we're getting closer to the time the actual bowl start. I'm, I'm going to take the points. I, I think San Diego State actually has a really good chance to win this game. The MAC historically has just not done well in bowl games. And when they're favorites, I, I, I think I'm going to avoid them more than I have. And so with that being said, my last game I am betting, I'm taking San Diego State plus three. Okay. I can understand that. Uh, let's do a, a little recap here. I've got Utah State minus seven and a half. Louisiana plus three and a half, Fresno State minus four and a half, and Northern Illinois plus three. Uh, what uh, what are your five? UAB minus three, MTSU plus six and a half, Arizona State plus four and a half, Tulane minus three and a half, and San Diego State plus three. So we're going head to head on three of these. Yeah, yeah, we sure are. So Saturday should be a lot of fun. We'll see how that works out. We absolutely will. Uh, that wraps up our college football. Bowl games from December 15th through 19th. Recap uh, or or gambling picks, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Go over to Tunica, Mississippi. We've given you everything you need to know to be a winner. 
So go on down to Tunica, put some action down at one of their six incredible sports books. You can find more information on them over at tunicatravel.com. You can find more information about us and our picks and our previews and everything else at winningcureseverything.com. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Uh, go enter the football picks contest. Knock that thing out. Uh, Ten picks this week, five bowl games, five NFL games. Winner gets two nights at Samstown, a $100 gift certificate to the Steakhouse, Twain Steakhouse, and $50 slot play at Samstown. So go knock it out over at winningcureseverything.com. We'll see you guys the next go-round. All right, a little college football news video. We're recording this on Wednesday night. This morning, The Athletic and Nicole Auerbach uh, reported that there are multiple people involved in the college football playoff that are looking to, like, now it might be the time to expand. And the reason being, we are now, this is year five of the playoff. Next year is year six. At that point, it is the halfway point of a 12-year contract. Everybody that is going to host playoff games will have hosted it twice. Correct. So, what better time to expand? Um, you and I have had differing thoughts on this about the best way to go about it. What, I mean, were you surprised at all that, that this was Power 5 guys that were kind of leading the charge on this? No, because I think there's more money to be made and more. The only reason we do any of this stuff is because of money. Yeah. There's absolutely more money to be made by having more playoff games than there is to having more bowl games. I mean, it's just the truth. Now, the biggest thing that they are discussing is doing away with conference championship games, which I personally never thought would happen because they make millions of dollars but off of these conference what championship do you, games. What do you think the playoff games are going to no, make? I, I understand that. I'm, I'm with you. But uh, there's it just seemed because you, you would have to do this on campus to start with. So I don't know why you would have to. They don't do the championship games on campus. No, they don't. Why would you just not? Why would you just do it in a neutral site? Would just do them in the same spot so that you don't break contracts? No, I don't care about breaking contracts. So, like, have one in the uh, uh, what's not the Georgia the Mercedes Benz Stadium? You just do it wherever it's convenient to do it, where you've got a big bowl that nobody's using, a big a big facility, a big location. When would you do it? The week of the conference championship games. So you would do it just immediately Why like, not? Right after. Why, what are we dicking around with? If we're going to get rid of those games, let's replace them with the first round of the playoffs. How hard is that? It's not hard. I, like, I think... Then you wait three weeks, and then you have the next round. I think you do it on campus. And then you get three more weeks, and you have the championship. I think you do it on campus, and then everything proceeds as usual. But I, right. I think the on-campus part, we're getting bogged down in a detail that's completely irrelevant. The most important thing is is getting more teams in because the four was a stupid idea to begin with. The, the worst now, idea... Four, four was better than the BCS. See, I don't know that I agree with that in the sense of, yes, four is better than two, but the BCS system is way better than a, than a bunch of morons going to Texas every week Watching football, it, there's way too much politics involved, and people are, are picking their favorites and not picking the best teams or the right teams. They're picking teams that they are financially connected to. What I would like to have is set rules in place as to who goes and who doesn't, 
based off of how you do and then some type of BCS system to pick the other players or let a, a computerized BCS system pick them all. That's what I would like to have because I'm tired of this. My granddaddy went here and my daddy played here and now I'm the AD of this conference and so I got... I'm financially obligated to try to get us as many teams into the playoffs as possible. And so you're not making decisions based off what's right or what's best for the sport or or what's best for the teams and who's earned what. You're making decisions based off of what's best for you. See, I I am curious about BCS rankings and and whatnot as far as analytical numbers are concerned because we all know, like, I've said it a billion times. Numbers don't lie. But right? you're, yeah, you're the numbers guy. But there are also times that your numbers can look really, really good even against not great competition and, and stuff like that. Like S&P Plus, Bill Connolly's system over at SB Nation, has had Fresno State basically a top 20, top 15 team all year. Okay. But have they done anything to show that they would belong in something like this? Well, well, I don't know, but they're top 15 or top 20. That's so, not top eight. So at this point, no, I, and I understand what you're saying, but there are other teams. That, so if you're a top 10 team, but you've somehow gimmicked the system based off the offense that you run and the schedule that you have, you sneak into the top eight. Like, I don't know that that's a big deal. I'm not crying for anybody who missed out because you you were able to do that. Because at least we've got eight teams in. If you can't make the eight, then just so you're shit. you're against the the conference champions being automatically locked in. I don't care. Because no, it, no, I'm not against that. I'm not against that at all. I just want set rules. I don't want well. I don't want a group of people to sit down in a room and pick these eight teams. Because some some years, I think some years they're gonna say. Well, conference championship matters. In some year, they're going to say the conference championship doesn't matter, and they change based on who it benefits. When Ohio State went over Penn State a couple years ago, it didn't matter. It didn't matter. This year, all of a sudden, all the Ohio State people in the Big Ten, oh, oh conference championship got to matter. Got to matter. Well, well, why did it not matter a couple years ago, but it matters now? Well, because your agenda changed. I just don't want that. I either want a set rule to where we're taking five conference champions in in three at larges, and the at larges I want picked by a an algorithm. I want picked by a computer, and I don't want this. We're taking one group of five team every year because if you've got the best group of five team and they've got three losses in a week schedule, then they don't deserve it. But also, or if it was Fresno let's, or Boise, let's, or let's say you have year. Boise and UCF both going undefeated with a couple of Power Five wins and a decent schedule. You let them both in. Like, like I don't want rules to keep certain teams out because of well, we we had this rule and only one of them can go, only one from each. Like, I don't want I I if we just open the whole thing up to computers, a. I don't care about your really conference champion because it's a regular season and you don't have a championship game. If you get three or four teams from one conference, that's just how the computer worked it out, and I don't care. I just don't care. If it hurts your feelings, it hurts your feelings. But you have something that's unbiased, that doesn't feel or think or, or whose uncle is an alumni and played for so-and-so. Like, you don't have any of those problems. So th- this year's Massey Composite. Um, 
which is 110 different computer rankings all put together. It's it's one way of analyzing. It's not the way. It's well, this one is, way. This is a uh, 110 ways of analyzing well, all it's, put together. It's, but it's Massey's algorithm. It's well, no. This is the Massey composite is just the okay. 110 different That's computers fine. because it is uh, it's Sagarin, it's Roundtable, yes. it's J Train, it's Ford uh, AMSDS Accuratings, you know, et cetera, et cetera. That's right. So it's all these different people's computer rankings all tossed together. Okay. So what we would have is these are your top 10. Okay. Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Michigan, UCF, LSU, Washington. So to start off with, and what, you know what, I'm just going to write it all down and we'll just see how this breaks because it's one versus eight, four versus five, two versus seven, and three versus six. So your number one would be Alabama against UCF. Uh, no, against Washington. That's top 10. We're not having a 10 team playoff. You were we were talking about if we have conference champions get in, right? I don't care. I've I have made it abundantly clear that I don't care if you do conference champions or you do I, just the top. I'm eight not ranked. stuck. A first thing, I'm not stuck to any way of doing it as long as we get to eight. I really want the group of people making this decision to be thrown out the window. Okay. Like okay. physically, not like well, here, metaphorically. Look, 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 I want them pushed out a window. Let's talk about this if we did conference champions this year. Okay. Fine. So conference champions this year, you got number one Alabama against number eight Washington. You've got uh let's see, number two Clemson. And number seven would be da, 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 da. let's see, number seven would be UCF. I believe that's right, because you would leave and eh, we'll see. So here's where it gets crazy, right? If you got Washington in, but then you don't have like an at-large or a guaranteed spot for a group of five or something like that, then UCF gets left out again. But you're you're not. But this is why you're you're getting bogged down in specifics. As a, if we do it this way, this is how it works out. Because your your three at-larges here would be Georgia, Notre Dame, and Michigan. And that's only if you do it that way. If you only do it that way. But if you do it that way, I wonder if if any group of five team would ever rank high enough to be able to get into this. Well, absolutely they will because the group of five, the AAC is getting better. They just are getting better. Yeah, but the, They're improving so, as a conference, and right now they're better than the ACC. They, they had they're a down year this year. They yeah. had a down year this year. They had a down year this year. Last year, like, last year's they got in AAC easy. would have been better than... Easy. This year's AAC. Correct. So this year's AAC was not better than the ACC. I think they were just about This year's is better than the ACC. Outside of Clemson, everybody else doesn't match up. The ACC is putrid outside of Clemson. Syracuse is second best team. Syracuse is good. I like Syracuse. Syracuse is second best team. Who's your third best team? Boston College? NC State, probably. NC State? No, NC State wasn't a good team. I mean, they were 9-3. and three. But, the, but they played nobody with a winning record at all. I mean, they, all. they beat Boston College. That's it. But, like, that's it. That's the only team they beat. Yeah. And Boston College is not great. Okay, so those three teams. Houston, Memphis, Temple, all those teams, they beat those teams. Now, you might, you might disagree with me. You might argue with me. Uh, no, I'm not going to. They're, gonna, they're, like, they're I, better than NC State. 
This is State, okay. not a good football team. Okay, okay. Um, so yeah, I mean, like, it, if you do, if you have set conference champions and whatever, like, do you have it set up where it's like a rule, like you got to be in the top ten? I don't. This is why I don't like rules, and like I just want top the ten, to pick the top eight, I top ten, or top twelve conference champions are guaranteed in. This this is this is the problem with rules. Why can't you just let an unbiased computer pick them and throw in eight teams? The BCS did not care that Alabama lost their conference and didn't play for a championship, and you had five other, four other conference champions. Nope, they said they're the second best team. They're going in. Why? Okay, why mean, is that a hard thing? Why is that so hard to figure out? No, I mean I I am with you. You I know understand. why everybody hated the BCS? Because it was two teams. They literally the only thing they didn't like about the BCS was just two teams. Yeah, and, and, and so, even like, even with it being two teams, not one year did the BCS ever really get it wrong. Uh, it okay, just look, pissed, look, look. It just pissed people off that there was two teams and not four or eight. And so in 2003, when LSU won the national championship, they should have been playing USC. Okay. Oklahoma got beat 35 to seven, and in Auburn the got left out one year, and Oklahoma got in that year too. Well, but yeah. th- but at least in that year, like it was, Oklahoma was undefeated, USC was undefeated, and Auburn was undefeated. Yeah. In 2003, all of them had one loss, yeah. but Oklahoma got absolutely housed. By Kansas State. I, I get it. I in the know. last I, game I before at, the thing. I, I know you were at, at the, the game where they won. Um, and then the same thing in 2001 when uh, Nebraska got beat, like, handled by Colorado, com- com- like, 60 com- to... Computers don't care about you getting blown. They don't, they, look, they don't think about those things. But that's so, the thing. But right? hang on. That mattered when there was only two teams. If you have eight teams, all of those teams that were question marks... Of could they have got? They would have gotten in anyway, and now we're just letting in five more teams, and just saying, "All right, now we earn it on the field." Okay. All I want is for the champion to be able to say, "I earned it on the field. I okay. got in legitimately, and everybody who had a reasonable, realistic shot to win all got in legitimately, and we earned it on the field." That's all I want. Yeah, I think like so. If if the computers had just picked this one. Then, yeah, it would be Alabama, UCF, Clemson, Michigan, Oklahoma, Georgia, Notre Dame, Ohio State. How great are all of those games? Oh, they're all fantastic. Notre Dame, Ohio State, epic. Oklahoma, Georgia rematch from last year, unbelievable unbelievable game. game. Great game. Yeah. The only game that's a trash game is Bama, UCF. But Bama's going to be a trash game against 80% of these teams. They're yeah. on a different level. But that doesn't mean the teams that, that are going to get smashed by Bama don't belong in the tournament. It just means they just somebody's going to get smashed by Bama. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. It makes sense. I mean, if we let Washington in instead of UCF. Then it becomes a little bit of a... You don't think you have the same outcome? Yeah, I think it's the same thing. If, we saw LSU-Bama already. At Baton Rouge, the very best LSU had to offer. We, we don't need to see that again. Yeah. Like, there are some times where a rematch might be beneficial. It ain't It ain't there. No. So, so what are we talking about? Uh, you got, I, I mean, you I, got a point. If, if you just take the – we're making this so complicated, and the reason we're making it complicated is because we have to make sure we're all equally uh, 
uh, allocated spots. No, no, no. If the BCS comes in and we have one of those years, like a couple of years ago, where L- the, the SEC had like four of the top five ranked teams in the BCS or whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah. like guess what? We get four spots, homie. That's the way it goes. I'm sorry. And if ever the Big Ten gets that way and Ohio State and Penn State and Michigan all go, that's just the way it goes, When they did man. last year. Yeah. Right? That's just the way it goes. So, that's last year it was – when it wasn't Michigan. Who was it? Michigan State, maybe? It was Wisconsin. Wisconsin. That's what it was. It was Wisconsin. Uh, so, Wisconsin, Penn State, and Ohio State. And Ohio State, State would all win. Would have all been in it last year. Why is that wrong? Did they earn it? Are they one of the top eight teams? They yeah. get it? They get it. I don't like I don't like rules because the only reason we're not putting rules in for any benefit other than well, we want everybody to be equally represented. No, you you want your benefit to be equally represented. So one of the things that they talked about in in expanding this thing was the college football playoff was supposed to be a national thing it's and it's supposed very to regional. it's supposed to nationalize the sport but there's been a focus on Southern teams, which because you I have say, Georgia, Alabama, and Clemson all around each other. Yeah, and and even st- like if you want to toss in Oklahoma, then you've at least got a Midwestern team, and then you got Ohio State that's been in it a few times. But Ohio State's the only Big Ten team besides Michigan State that has that has actually been in the playoff. That's right. Um, so like you're not really nationalized. The only West Coast team that you have had in it was Washington. But you can't force the nationalizing. Those teams have to do well enough to be earned, That's to that's what I'm spot. saying. Like you you can't you can't just toss out the southeastern teams. Yeah. Because they actually work at it. They put the money into it. They well, you know, they focus on this. It, it matters in the south because for the longest time the south didn't have pro teams. They had yeah. the Saints and they had the Falcons and that was it, man. Oh yeah. Texas always had two teams, but like, if you were a fan and you but lived Texas in Mississippi, is not Southeast. No, or you lived in Alabama, you lived in South Carolina or North Carolina or Tennessee. Like, you didn't have a team to root for. College football was king. Why was it king? Because you don't have pro football. Yeah, and now you got the Falcons and the Saints and the Titans and Jacksonville, Jacksonville. But you, Tampa Bay. Yeah, you didn't have all those teams yeah. for a long time. It's a lot different. So, so it just it just matters down here more. And, it, it, and I, I'm not telling you that it won't. We have seen years where the Big Ten dominated. Yeah, they would take over. I will tell you this: if USC makes the right hire, and Washington continues to build, and Washington State continues to build, which I don't know that Washington, they'll always be the little engine that could. But like, you, I don't know that the Pac-12 Oregon might be able to get Oregon, back. Oh yeah, maybe if if Oregon Washington, those are your big if, ones. If Stanford UCLA, could get back to winning, UCLA, Chip Kelly, like I don't I don't know that every conference can't. I don't foresee the ACC ever getting back to that dominance. Florida State will probably one day get there, maybe, but but they I, got the talent down there to be able to do it. The state um, of Florida, but I man, I I think they're fourth fiddle on getting recruits though. It's well, see, I wonder like. ACC, like Miami, had a big year last year, but they were awful in 2018. So, I mean, who is second fiddle in, in like, the ACC? You, that, that's that's the – right now it's Syracuse. Which is 
you you know that that's not going to last. Oh, like I don't it, know. I think well, no, historically this, it never has. But, but if Dino Bavers can win, if he beats Clemson, he can play for a national championship. So he has no reason to leave for a better job. Okay. Okay. I, I would if I'm Dino Bavers. I I am very much become. Uh, if I'm building something somewhere, don't just run away from it. I don't I don't like that the Temple coach left because I don't think he left for a better job. Now he left for home. But I, I mean, think I, he has a chance to win more in Temple than he does at Georgia Tech. Now now Georgia Tech is home. Yeah. So, so there's there's always that that you've got to deal with. But I think the American is better than the ACC. I think Temple is better than Georgia Tech. I mean, I think they will be for the next few years. But, but but if he stayed there and he continued to build and Memphis gets better and Houston gets better and UCF stays good and South Florida gets better, that conference has a chance to be a really good conference. Cincinnati gets better. Yeah. Like, like they're on the verge. They need the coaches. They need to keep paying the money to not let the coaches jump from power to power five schools, keep paying them the money, and as soon as their schools all start finishing in the top 25 – then the one that wins that conference will have to be respected a lot more. You can't you can't have Memphis losing to bad Navy teams and a, and a mediocre Tulane teams. You can't have Temple losing to basketball schools like Nova that I didn't even know played football. Like you can't have yeah. those losses. But as soon as that crap stops, which they'll get there, they'll get there. Yeah, eventually. These programs eventually. have not been football schools very long, but now that they are starting to go that way, I, I don't foresee those dumb losses happening on a regular basis i think they're gonna eventually just get better and then you're gonna have to respect the fact that they're a power six i Uh, know topic i know today they're not do you like uh you like manny diaz as their uh their new head coach i like manny diaz as a coach okay i think i think he can do well here's the thing he's he's a tough guy he's a tough rick this year he's a tough nosed coach they they went for matt rule to um, Jeff Collins, Jeff Collins, yep. always forget Collins's last name, and 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 then Mandy. I, I think that athletic director. If I was a big boy school, I'd be calling that guy to come ruin my program, run my program. I think he's a really good AD. Yeah, I think I think he is too. Anyway, that that's my thought. If you go to eight, a, just go to eight. Whatever it takes, go to eight. I'll take whatever I can get to get to eight. I want, I want the. I wonder if it's plausible the to keep out of it. I wonder if it's plausible to keep the conference championship games and move to eight. Like, do your conference championship games, and then what would be this the weekend? Because all the conferences continue For, to but, make the money. What do we? Do? So, what do you do when Northwestern wins a conference with three losses, and one of those is to Akron? Or do you let you, you the don't playoffs? necessarily move them in, but you could absolutely move Ohio State out. Like it, that way, those games still mean, but but now, even more. But that, but that game actually doesn't mean anything. No, it, it does only because means it to, knocks out Ohio State. It only they, means something to one team. That's not okay. Like you're now playing a game that well, matters no, because the to bowl one system team. is still intact. Like at that point, Northwestern goes to the Rose Bowl. No, because in order to do this, you're going to have to do away with all the bowl alignments. You're just going to have to do away with it. Because the Rose Bowl is going to have one of these bowl games every year. You can't just say, we get the Big Ten team. Hmm. Because you're going to have to do away with the bowl alignments. If you go to eight, you're definitely going to be – I don't know if the bowls are going to be all right with that. They're so – you don't – hang on. They're not going to have a choice. The playoff has to – 
in order for your conference to ma- this game, in order for this sport to actually matter, then the championship has to matter more than all other traditions. It well, just has it, so, to. So what you were talking about with Northwestern, like typically teams don't go eight and one in the Big Ten and lose all three of their non-conference games, yeah, right? But you can't. So, but but what I'm so doing away with divisions, I think, is the biggest thing. That is the next step. Um, because you want the two best teams, the two highest-ranked teams in your conference playing. But at that point, you wouldn't even necessarily need the eight-team playoff. You would just need, you know, like, I, I see, I don't... I think I think you're trying to There's so many keep, logistics no, in this. No, you're trying to keep something that you like a lot. No, I don't care about the... It's not me that likes it. It's not me. I am thinking about the conference commissioners that it, they would have to make... More off of the every conference, but the SEC will make more off of it, no matter what. The SEC gets two teams in every year; they will make more. I think there's rarely a year that the SEC doesn't get two, and there are plausible many years that they could get three, as long as we don't put up a lot of parameters and weird rules that say we're only taking this and we're only taking that, and we have to take this and we have to take that. That's why I don't like all the rules, and it's not to help the SEC; it's let's let the Let's let the eight best teams in. Let's just yeah. let them in. And and who who makes the eight best teams? Let's let somebody who's not connected to any of these schools make that decision. Yeah, I mean, and if that was the case, then Georgia would have been the fourth. Georgia, team. Georgia would have been in. Well, really, they would have been the third team. Yeah. So, um, okay, that's a fun conversation. That was good. Uh, obviously, we'll we'll probably have more about different ways to go about the 18 playoff over on the website. Uh, I, I wrote something about it last year. I also wrote something about how you could do it with a 16 playoff. I, I don't know that I'm so much for that again. Terrible idea. Um, but you know, by, we'll by, by we for sissies. <laughs> Play football. I wonder if the Patriots think that when they uh go to a 16 team schedule where everybody only plays big boy schools. Then, then you'll absolutely give me an okay for a bye week. Also, you have 16 teams in the playoffs, by the way. The NFL's only got 12 in the playoff. Whatever, 12. <laughs> so give me a, if you give me a 12-team playoff and you play 16 games against legit competition, then, okay. then, I'm, then, I'm, then you know what? I'll concede to the bye weeks. But right now, you play 12 games. Half of them are against high school teams. Yeah, fun conversation. Fun conversation. As always, go over to tunicatravel.com. Go over to winningcureseverything.com. Leave some notes in the comments down there. Let us know uh, how ridiculous we are, how ridiculous this whole concept is, uh, what the best way to do eight teams is. You tell us. We're still trying to figure it out ourselves. No, we're not. So, Chris, he he don't want to hear your crap. I just don't want somebody who, well, this team's always been good. I think they should be in. Yeah, I mean, you, you got a valid point. Oh, they, they got the best TV ratings. We got to get them in. That should not matter when naming your champion. Leave your comments below. TunicaTravel.com, WinningCuresEverything.com. We'll catch you guys next show around. It's time for the rundown. Remember, check out WinningCuresEverything.com. You can give us a like on Facebook, Facebook.com slash everything. You can follow us on Twitter at Winning Cures. You can follow myself at Gary WCE. You can follow me at Chris B. Giannini, C H R I S B G I A N N I N I. 
You can also email the show, that's winningcureseverything at gmail.com, and we now have a voicemail line. That number is 551-226-9899. If you want to call and bash us for talking bad about your favorite team, or praise us, or just tell us about how awesome your team is doing, leave us a voicemail. That number again is 551-226-9899, and we may toss it on the show. Thank you for supporting this show, and until next time... Have a good one, guys. Hey, don't forget, subscribe to the Winning Cures Everything podcast on iTunes and make sure you leave a review. For every 25 written five-star reviews we get on iTunes, we are donating to St. Jude's Children's Hospital and Le Bonheur's Children's Hospital in Memphis, Tennessee. So subscribe and review on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and all your favorite podcast apps. Remember, the Winning Cures Everything podcast.